This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Hi, this is Rainbow Rowell, the author of Eleanor and Park and Carry On, and you're listening to The Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 10 of the all-new, all-different, rebirthed, rebooted Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. My name's Matt Baum. Is it still all-new, all-different if we're on episode 10? Well, I mean, we've had all-new Avengers running for like 15 years now, so yes. (laughs) And I'm Joe Patrick. (laughs) Together, we are the Two-Headed Nerd, just a couple of buddies with more than 40 years of combined comic book knowledge. disgusting. I think it might be more than 50 years. Bonded by an ancient curse and forced to discuss this week's comic book news and reviews for your listening pleasure. This week, Joey and I are cranking up the air conditioning in the ziggurat and celebrating the Stanley Cup playoffs while we trip and cross-check 12 of Wednesday's new comic book offerings. Then, we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we're having brunch with an Amazon that didn't make the Wonder Woman casting call. And talking about what works I'd read next week. And finally... We're opening up the phone lines again. I can't believe it wasn't a colossal failure, but we'll get there. Don't worry. To talk to you nerds about our cover-to-cover segment. But before we start piling sandbags in preparation for the rising oceans, sure to sweep over the ziggurat now that we've left the Paris climate cords, we better talk about this week's Nerd News. Well, after a series of teasers revealing the characters involved, Marvel has finally announced that young adult author Rain... I think it's just Yah. Yah author (laughs) Rainbow Rowell and artist Chris Anka are launching the new Runaway series. In an interview interview with Entertainment Weekly, Rowell said, quote, This is my favorite Marvel book. When editor Nick Lowe first reached out to me a few years ago about maybe working for Marvel, it was the first thing I asked him about. The characters and original story by Brian K. Period Vaughn are just so great and so beautifully built. I was really excited because I always felt like there were more runaway stories and that that book should have just kept going. I think last week we said that that book should have just ended. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Raoul's involvement in an upcoming Marvel title was announced on Wednesday, teasing a big reveal on Thursday at the annual Book Expo America. Those book people know how to party. I guess. Included in the cover for Runaways number one is Gertrude Yorks, whose return from the dead was implied in the final teaser. The EW piece confirmed that Rowell and Anka would be returning Gert from the dead. Good. She dead. Though Rowell didn't reveal how Gert returns, she did address the notion of bringing the team back together from disparate places. Quote, it's kind of funny calling them the Runaways because it's not like they're the Avengers or the X-Men. You know, it's, it's not a team name. No. They were not formed with a mission or a purpose. They're just kids who ended up in the same boat. And at the beginning of the series, they are scattered to the four winds and half of them are dead. One of the challenges now is who are they when they're apart? They got thrown together and now they've been pulled apart. They're trying to figure out who they really are without each other. And this arc is very much about them choosing to be together. Missing from the cover is founding member Alex Wilder, who, of course, spoilers, betrayed the team and became a villain. Wilder recently appeared in Power Man and Iron Fist. And according to series writer David F. Walker, he plays a crucial role for the Marvel Universe going forward. We'll see. Okay. 
his possible inclusion in the new Runaway series wasn't addressed. I don't know if anyone cares about Alex anymore. Well, I mean, they're going to have to touch on something. Yeah. You're going to be like, didn't we used to know the guy? No. <laughs> uh, Runaways number one is scheduled to debut in September. The TV adaptation is supposed to debut sometime in 2018. Now, last week I asked Matt if we still cared about the Runaways. And now we have this information. Matt and I have a very uh, curious connection to... Full disclosure. Yeah. Full disclosure. When Joe and I used to work Krypton Comics... Back in the day, Rainbow and her husband, Kai, were frequent customers. She, Rainbow's from Omaha. Yeah, we worked know Omaha, Rainbow Rowell. Uh, yeah, worked for the Omaha World Herald for a while. And yep. now she is a very successful young adult author. This just blew my mind when right. the name came up. I don't know why, because she is a very successful young adult author. Yeah, but like... But I was like, how the hell does that happen? But <laughs> I, I don't pay... Um, I don't pay much attention to young adult literature, so I don't either. I'm it was no a longer a young adult. <laughs> shock to me to find out that like Rainbow Rowell, this person I knew, this person that used to call me on Sunday afternoons to ask me about how my iPod worked, right? Because she was writing about iPod Shuffle and whether or not it was really <laughs> random. Do you think it's really random, or do you think it like knows what you like and yeah. kind of peppers it? This is what it, this is Rainbow Rowell to me. Yeah, and now she's writing the Runaways for Marvel. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, it's, it's bizarre. It's I think bizarre. premise sounds really good actually. And kind of the only real logical way you could go. Yes. I like that. They're not just restarting it. They're not ignoring a bunch of stuff. Right. They're not just saying, Hey, yeah, the band's back together. It's yeah. like, no, the band they're has been through this stuff. Yeah. They're acknowledging that they are kind of screwed and now it's time to come back together. I, I think this sounds really interesting. And Chris Anka is really good. Everyone I talk to, or many of the people that I talk to are huge fans of her books. Yeah. She's won a bunch so of awards. I, I'm like, I'm thrilled for her success. I think it sounds interesting. And I know for a fact through our, our past together that she is a legit comic fan. Yeah. She bought the this, hell out of runaways back in the day. Yeah, I remember this isn't like some rando from no. novels coming to the comics. Rainbow is old school nerd. I'll tell you what she yeah. knows her stuff. So good for her. Good for them. I love Chris Anka. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised. In Hollywood news, Frank Miller's Sin City is in development as a live action TV series overseen by former Walking Dead showrunner Glenn Mazzara. According to Deadline, Underworld director Len Wiseman groan, is reportedly in line to direct the plot <laughs> and will act as one of the show's producers alongside Miller. Mazzara, as well as Bob Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, and Steven Lechereux. This small screen Sin City reboot is described by the Hollywood trade as a far departure from the films. Great! But will hew closely to the graphic novels with original characters and timelines within the Sin City universe. <laughs> All, every part of that paragraph makes me feel gross. So, a watered-down show, because yep. it can't be rated R, it'll be on FX or something, right? Well, Unless it's I on mean, HBO, or, yeah. or Showtime, or yeah. whatever. Uh, but seriously, who's gonna do Sin City on TV right uh, also inspired by Sin City with all new characters. Yeah, and I don't trust Frank Miller to do anything anymore. I really don't. I, Frank Miller has fallen so far from grace that I don't care if I ever see anything he does again. Ooh. I'm just saying it. I mean, he hasn't put out anything quality since... I mean, not even his last Sin City stuff was very good. Yeah. I mean, really, I can't... It's true. I, I don't know how far I have to go back to think of a Frank Miller book that I read that knocked my socks off. It has been more than 20 years probably yeah. it really that really sucks to think about it's the truth though yeah i mean you you can't deny it and now he's a doddering old drunk racist on top of it so look do i need a watered down version of sin city on tv no not at all in fact i think sin city can be done 
I, I, I don't need it. I don't care for it. I don't, none of this makes me excited. Nothing they're saying here. Good God. I kind of agree. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Well. Done with that. Moving on. All right. <laughs> Finally, you love him or you hate him or you hate that you love him, but there's no doubt that he's a big deal. Just ask him. And now he has a lifetime achievement award to prove it. Rob Liefeld has been honored by none other than Wizard World with a brand new award that they just made up. Liefeld was recently announced as the first recipient of Wizard World's Hall of Legends Award and was presented with the award at Wizard World Philadelphia in a special ceremony on Friday. Here's how Wizard describes the award. Quote, For more than a quarter century, the name Wizard World has represented the best in comics and pop culture. Fart noise. Uh, Insert (laughs) Price is Right fail trombone. (laughs) As one of the media pioneers in the space, not in space, in the space. In outer space. Right. (laughs) Wizard World is proud to be honoring and respecting the legacy of the comic book arts through the Wizard World Hall of Legends, a new initiative to celebrate the artists, writers, and insiders who have built the industry and those continue can, and continue the tradition. Can we just stop for a second? I am not even clear what wizard does. They anymore. put on conventions that's and that's it. about that's it. That's it, right? Yeah. There is there even like a news site or I anything? Th- no, it's no. just the conventions. Yeah, I think they may have some kind of a media branch, but I don't, I don't think know that DC they and do Marvel anything. even show up to those anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't been to a Wizard World show in a decade. The ever humble Liefeld responded to the news saying, quote, I'm honored to be inducted into the Wizard World Hall of Legends and have my 30 years of contributions to the industry recognized. Okay, back up. I (laughs) I have tremendous love and affection for this art form, its community and the business of creating and selling comic books and graphic novels. It was a passion of mine long before it was my vocation, end quote. Now, Matt, there's absolutely no question that Rob has had a huge impact on the comics industry. You've got Deadpool, X-Force, he co-founded Image, Troll. Well, let's not forget Troll. Bedrock Cons- and Bad Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Considering the source, how appropriate is it that Liefeld is the first recipient of this recognition instead of, oh, I don't know, any of the still living golden or silver age creators that literally built the comic industry from scratch? Push off. Fuck those guys, Here's right? the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not going to bash Rob Layfield because I think we we have been for the last five minutes. (laughs) Well, he's an important guy. You can't deny it. He's an important guy. And back in the day, we loved him. Sure. We loved him. Right. His new mutants like changed my life when I was a kid. I looked at that shit and went, holy crap. I don't know why anyone would name a character Cable, but this guy is a badass. (laughs) 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 I mean, you can't deny what he's done. And honestly, wizard magazine probably made image what it is with yeah. because of wizard magazine we saw all the there was no internet so this is where we saw the previews for young blood and wildcats spawn and spawn i mean they made these guys superstars the very first issue of wizard magazine i ever bought came enclosed with a cyber force trading card it there was you go. wizard number 14 and i would say vice versa rob yeah. leefield jim lee Mark image Silvestri. made wizard yeah, yeah they Gabe, they opened themselves up to Wizard and said, come in our studios, we'll do interviews, we'll give you anything you want. They, hand in hand, made themselves the first superstar artists, really. So, yes, this makes perfect sense. Is it a stupid, made-up Hall of Fame? Yes. But Wizard World, I, I don't even know what it fucking does anymore. Well, you know? I mean, look, every, every comic industry award is made up. Let, let's be sure, fair. Sure, sure, sure. Like, everyone's got to start somewhere, but like... But if Wizard is going to... The Wizard World Hall of Legends, it's like, all right. Yeah, they should absolutely be celebrating 
someone like Rob Liefeld because it represents creators that made Wizard ev- <laughs> right everything that Wizard was in the nineties. Yeah. Absolutely, and Todd McFarlane better get the next one. You know, <laughs> sure, right there you go. You know what? Congratulations. You know, I again, it's it's easy for us on the outside to go ugh, eye roll. But I really do hope that this becomes, if this can become a legit thing and they honestly it's recognize. Be, it's never going to become a legit thing. <laughs> people that had a huge impact on comics beyond just who sold the most, uh, you know, trading card sets right. or polybagged right. issues or whatever. That's the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories and everything we missed, head to the big news section of the Two Headed Nerd Forums. Hells yeah. Let's not bash what we do that. Let's not do it, guys. No, no, no. Spite the earth, okay? Every Sunday, the man with the biggest gun you've ever seen and trivia, no feet. Joe Patrick posts the question of the week in everyone's favorite digital nerd sanctuary, the THN forums. That was a little inside Robbie Field. One of my eyes does glow, but only when I'm drunk. That's true. And you should see how many pockets this guy has on his belt today. Nothing in there, by the way. Absolutely nothing. Joe Patrick. Nerd rope. What are we asking the nerds this week? This week's question comes from me. Whoa. In honor of the announcement of Rainbow Rowell's Runaways. Rainbow Rowell's Runaways. <laughs> which creative type, writer, artist, whatever, from outside of comics, would you like to see tackle a comics project? And what would it be? Huh. Now. There's been a lot of unsuccessful ones. Right, so I'm saying don't don't come at me and say, oh, I want to see Chuck Palahniuk do something. Like He's come to comics. Yeah. He's here. He did Fight Club 2. I think he's got more stuff coming. Somebody that's never been in comics to your knowledge, the producer of a favorite TV show. Sure. Uh, you know, a director, a writer, a screenwriter, whatever. Okay, okay. It's actually kind of tough because a lot of them are I've, doing me, I already have one. Do you? Yep. Okay. Uh, we are skipping next week's show because yeah. I'm going out of town on vacation. Taking a week off. You have until Friday, June 16th to get us your answers. You can call the Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. Leave a message there. Nice and slow. You can also email your MP3 answer to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. You've got two minutes to do it. We will cut you off. Google Voice will cut you off. You'll hear it later. It happened today. It cut off Jeffrey Getchamall. Yes. If you want to dazzle your friends with the size of your gun, you can call us live next uh, in two weeks at the uh, aforementioned Ziggurat hotline or just click the call now button on the Facebook page. And if you're freaking out and you can't, follow along the phone number and you're replaying Joe's voice over and over again trying to catch it go to our website it's right there you can't miss it well we have to be fair we did recently redesign the website yes, but it says call us right there at the top does it <laughs> yeah right. it's right there and if you need more than two minutes head over to the THN web forums join our hive mind of listeners in the discussion the forums are where the sausage of this show gets made and man is it nerdy we're gonna talk more about some forum stuff that's going on later on, so I'm not going to bore you with it now. But there's this guy there. His name's Brian Domingos. He's a total sweetheart. He's the unofficial king of the THN forums. With the news of the U.S. pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords, it only seemed right to flood the ziggurat. We plugged up the toilets, we turned on the sink, and we're cranking up the air conditioning to freeze this whole place. So Joey and I can not only watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, on ice, but play some hockey ourselves while taking 12 of this week's new comics to the boards during the environmentally irresponsible Ludicrous Speed Round! Ludicrous Speed! 
go! Cable, number one from Marvel. 32 pages for $3.99. Everyone's favorite time-traveling senior citizen is back, much like he did with Nick Fury, number one. Writer James Robinson packs this issue full of action over character development. Oh, yeah. As Cable hunts an unknown foe that's been bestowing advanced weaponry to the warriors of historic cultures. That sounds like it may be a criticism, but I actually thought it was a smart move. It allows the creative team to sort of reset the character's status as a badass temporal enforcer without having to worry about his insane backstory. Doctor Who with a gun. I'm not saying I'd want a story so shallow might be the wrong word, but you know what I mean. I'm not sure I'd want it every issue, but for now, I'm into it. I've been a fan of artist Carlos Pacheco since I first discovered his work on the Bishop miniseries in 1994. He teams with inker Rafael Fonteres and colorist Jesus Abrutov here, and the results are great. I really liked Cable Number One. Looking forward to more. Buy it. Had a really good last page. I'll say yeah, that. yeah. Packless Number One from Image, fifty-six pages for five ninety-nine. Look, this book is borderline review proof. I don't. I, I had a hard time writing anything about it. I will tell you that Dustin Weaver writes and draws all three completely insane stories in an attempt to approve that he's not slow, he's just fucking crazy. (laughs) I'm not going into the guts of each story because I don't even have time here, but let me say that this was a visual beast, stunning and different with each story. That said, Weaver writes like an artist and could definitely benefit from the help of a writer or at least an editor, maybe. I'm torn because Weaver is so damn talented, but this was just completely insane storytelling. And I think I may have just talked to myself into a buy it. But be prepared for the weirdest ride. It was so pretty to look at, I can't deny it. But man, I God, I gotta give this a strong skim it because it was just so bizarre. Saga, 43 from Image, 32 pages, 25 cents. What a steal! It's a quarter! I haven't read Saga in something like 25 issues. I couldn't really tell you why. I just fell behind and never got caught up. It happens. But if you listen to our old episodes from back when the series was new, you'll hear us kind of give up on reviewing it after a while because we ran out of things to say about it. Now the series is back with a new arc, and this time it's engineered to attract new readers with an irresistible price point and a story that does a great job refreshing the book's history. It's as outrageous as ever, uh, it's way preachier than I remember, as writer Brian K. Period Vaughn literally stops the action to have one character lecture another about an obvious political allegory on two separate occasions. I would argue that's always been going on. Maybe, but with so much distance from the from me oh, re- regularly reading it, it I was like, okay. whoa. Uh, artist Fiona Staples has only gotten better in my time away from the book. It's really gorgeous. So, hey, it's still Saga. If you've <laughs> never read it before, this isn't a terrible place to jump on, and you're only out a quarter. Me, I'm making plans for the great Saga catch-up of 2017. You should. It's still great. Buy it. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Annual number 1 from Boom. It's 48 pages for, yo, yeah. $7.99. Yeah, 8 bucks is a lot to ask for 48 pages. But I have to say, this book took me back to a time when I loved picking up an annual. Those annuals were typically two to four bucks. Sure, I'm an old man, you know, whatever. Here, Kyle Higgins, Tom Taylor, Caitlin Kittridge, and a team of talented artists, including Frazier Irving. Oh, yeah. 
spin five stories featuring both the Rangers and a couple of their villains that I couldn't put down. This is coming from a guy that was too old for the first wave of Power Rangers fame, but I can't deny how good these books are. Power Rangers Annual Number 1 gets a huge buy it, even at 8 bucks. And I'm going to say it, had they had this creative team working on the movie, probably would have made some money and not been a piece of shit. The Flash, 23, from DC, 32 pages, for the much more reasonable price of two million. <laughs> Writer Josh Williamson and returning artist Carmine D. Gendomenico kick off the Color of Fear storyline with this issue as Barry deals with the messed up crap that he and Batman went through during The Button. Basically, Barry's a mess, and it threatens to mess up his personal life. Thankfully, his old buddy Hal Jordan shows up to help him smack some bad guys around. It's a nice, classic kind of story where Williamson creates a compelling case for why Barry is letting his double identity ruin his personal relationships and a fun reestablishment of the Flash-Green Lantern friendship. The art is kind of inconsistent in this issue, full of uneven line weights and obvious digital trickery. I've been noticing that in the Flash recently. I'm not talking about effects, because that's a separate thing. Right. This is like, there are panels where it looks like he enlarged parts of his art to scale it up to a size it wasn't meant to be in. And for someone, like, not that I'm like this fancy artist or anything, but I, I know enough to recognize right. it. Right. And it's distracting. And it detaches me from his normally sleek, razor-thin line work, which is very cool. Yeah, and a great lot of the for time. the Flash. But the book still looks pretty good overall, and I really enjoy the story. So the Flash 23 gets a buy it. Okay. Trinity Annual Number 1 from DC, 48 pages for $4.99. That's half the price of the 48-page Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Annual yeah, almost, for the yeah. same page count. I haven't been reading Trinity, and honestly, I didn't see much use for a book featuring Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman alongside JLA and each of their own books. But I have to say, the team of Rob Williams writing and Guillaume March, an artist I cannot get enough of. I do love him. Nailed this one. Rosh Al Ghul and Cersei are pissed that Lex Luthor wouldn't join their unholy triumvirate, and now they're recruiting a new member of the trio. Jason Blood and Etrigan show up. This was just good DC fun, starring the big three, and I loved it. Trinity Annual gets a huge buy-it for an old-school DC fans and shows, boom, how their 48-page books should be priced. There you go. You know, I, I'm kind of bored with racial ghoul stories. There's, they seem to be everywhere. Yeah, and it's always, oh, the pools, the pools. I gotta, you know, like, yeah. I'm old. And it's and not just crazy. the comics, but it's also the, the shows. It's like, we... Yes, I get it. You've got a villain from the comics. Right. It's the League of Assassins. Yes. Every year. Well, it also gives you a bunch of faceless bad guys you can yeah, beat right. up for murder. And it doesn't e matter. Exactly. Wonder Woman Annual Number 1 DC, 48 pages, $4.99 again. A lot of annuals on this show. Greg Rucka and Nicola Scott bring a new take on the first meeting between Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman as the world reacts to Diana's arrival. As the world reacts to Diana's arrival and the world's finest team moves in to investigate. Rucka establishes the bond of trust between the heroes right off the bat with none of the backbiting and deceit that may have been found in the story had it been told during the New 52. It was really delightful, and Nicola Scott's artwork is phenomenal. Three other stories focus on three different aspects of Wonder Woman's personality, her unerring dedication to justice, her compassion for all life, and her strong sense of honor. Vita Ayala, Claire Rowe, Jordi Belair, David LaFuente, Michael Marisi, Stephanie Hans, and more talented folks. all-star cast. Contribute to these stories, yeah. And I loved them all. 
I fell behind on Wonder Woman's latest volume almost immediately thanks to the breakneck pace at which the issues are released, but this is a great one-shot issue that serves as a perfect introduction to the character for new fans, especially those of you just coming from a movie theater. This is what an annual should be. I'm giving Wonder Woman annual number one a huge buy it. (laughs) I read this. Blood Bowl, more guts than glory, number one from Titan. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Because fans of the late 80s fantasy football game featuring humans, dwarves, orcs, and elves fighting for glory on the gridiron demanded it. Games Workshop's Blood Bowl gets a comic book adaptation. And you know what? It's not all that bad. No. There are some serious jumps in the story. It's plot. But it also doesn't take itself too seriously at all. And the art by Jack Jadson and Nelson Pereira is really great. I can't in good conscience recommend this to the general comic reading public. Yeah. But if you love Game Workshop's Warhammer and Warhammer 40,000 Mythos as much as I do, then Blood Bowl is a fun read. The game itself never took itself very seriously. So I'm giving this a strong skimmer. I mean, it's a it's definitely geared towards fans of the game. Yeah. Um, but it, it made some assumptions about the reader's knowledge of that game. Like, magic sponge this, magic sponge that. But I also think... I don't know what that means. I also think they know... Right, exactly they know who, who they're, they're writing for. To, yeah, so exactly. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Little Nightmares, number one from Titan. 32 pages for $3.99. Let me see if I can make some sense of this. It's written by John Shackelford and based on a concept by Alex Packnettle and Dan Waters. Little Nightmares is about a group of tiny children that are taken from their already terrible lives and thrown into a monstrous place where they are further tormented. Oh, bummer. Maybe I can't really say for sure because this comic didn't make a lick of goddamn sense. <laughs> the art by Aaron Alexovich is nice, it's creepy, but it doesn't really salvage the impenetrable script, which has no narrative. It's all like metaphor for childhood struggles. What? This is based on an upcoming horror video game, so I know that the comic can't give too much away. If the game ends up being super good but light on narrative, I could probably give it a pass because at least playing it would be an active experience. So this suffers from Silent Hill syndrome. But the comic felt falls totally flat. I needed something more than those vague metaphors. I needed an actual story. Okay. <laughs> I needed somebody in the story to explain what was going on. Right. Uh, it didn't hook me. Little Nightmares number one did not deliver. I'm giving it a leave it. Okay. New Humans, number one from Titan One Studios. All right. No relation. 32 pages for $3.99. Not to be confused with Titan Comics, Titan One is a Canadian comic press building a universe around time travel stories and the damage that said time travel can cause. Here, a mother and daughter are flung 200 years in the future where they are forced to abandon their human bodies, off panel, I might add, for cybernetic parts and struggle to regain their humanity. The story moved fast, but I never really felt lost. Ruben Rojas' art was excellent. Reminded me of what I love about Sean Murphy. But New Humans is my first foray into the Titan One universe, and I have to say, it piqued my interest. I am looking forward to some more, but it really did jump into the future. Like, they're on Earth, present day, they get sucked in the future, and a lot of things have changed since they got sucked there. So it's like, you're not there on day one when they get sucked in the future. You're there on year five or something. <laughs> Regardless, giving it a buy. There you go. Nanwolf number two from Albatross Funny Books is 24 pages for $3.99. When scrawny Marty Spencer is drafted into the Vietnam War, he finds himself smack dab in the middle of the heart of darkness. But Marty has a secret, a secret even from himself. 
And Vietnam is a hell of a place to find out you're a werewolf. Oh, that is a bitch. <laughs> While locked in the brig, Marty learns of his family legacy as werewolf Nazi killers. Meanwhile, the Viet Cong have unleashed a monstrous creature of their own. I saw Nam Wolf number one on the release list a while back and brushed it off as nonsense. I thought it was like zombie tramp level. Sure. Stupid stuff. But Aaron Myers gave it a glowing review in his ludicrous speed reviews, and I knew I had to check it out. This is by Space Riders and Helena Crash Rider Fabian Wrangle Jr. I loved Space Riders. And oh, Kill Strike artist Logan <laughs> Farber. And they deliver a really solid, weird war tale with a fun cast and great art. Don't pass it up. Nam Wolf gets a buy it. People were talking about this like crazy on Twitter. It's Everybody loves it. Really fun. Joe Gollum, Occult Detective, Outer Dark, number one from Dark Horse, 32 pages, $3.99. Joe Gollum is back. It's two years after he killed a child snatching monster and stopped an undead takeover in the Drowning City. This is Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden writing a character outside of the Hellboy universe. Here is my only problem with it. Tonally, it still feels very much like a Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden story, which is not a bad thing. I love the stories they tell. I just don't understand why Joe Gollum falls outside of that universe, because they're not really doing anything outlandishly different from what they would do in the other BPRD Hellboy universe. You know what I mean? That's not to say it's a bad thing. The art by Patrick Reynolds is fantastic. The story is great. I just don't understand why this has to be separate. Regardless, well, it's a different it's a different world. I, it's still, not everything he does is Hellboy. I understand that, but this feels Baltimore is also a separate world. Baltimore is not in the Hellboy universe. See, I don't know if that's so true. Yes, because it's from novels. Baltimore is from a series of novels. Uh, Nothing to do with Hellboy. Fair enough, but also feels very very similar. So whatever, it's really good. I liked it. I'm giving it a buy it. I just don't get the separation because this is their character. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Rumble That is your ludicrous speed round. And Rumble Kathoom is the sound of what happens when Etrigan's blood drips into a Pandora pit. I don't know what a Pandora pit is. Is it like a Lazarus pit? Yeah, but it's a Pandora pit. Well, I don't know. I don't know either. It's something that I assume was introduced in Trinity that I don't know about. But Cersei has something to do with them. I don't know. Regardless, that's your onomatopoeia of the week. Nobody hit us with one, so I had to do the work. I hate that. I want you guys to give us one. You can send us one via Twitter. You can send it to our Facebook any way you want to. In fact, send us a little screenshot of it. It would be rad. If you need more speedy reviews of this week's comics, head over to TwoHeadedNerd.com and open the Pandora's box. That is Aaron Myers, Ludicrous Speed Review. Except for this week, because he didn't do it this week. Son of a bitch. It was a really light week, and you know it. Uh, it was hard to come up with hey, six comics to read. We did it, didn't we? Yeah, we did it. Just saying. Yeah, but it's our we get paid for it. Up your butt, Myers. With Wonder Woman's success in the theaters, many DC nerds are celebrating the fact that the WB can make even a decent superhero movie, let alone a good one. But there were some Amazons that didn't make the cut for the Wonder Woman film, and right now, we'd like one of them to join us in the Sanctum Sanctorum to talk about the other side of Themyscira. Fartimus, welcome to the Sanctum Sanctorum. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Matt. 
I know the Wonder Woman movie would have you believe that everyone on the island of Themyscira is a tall, beautiful Amazon, but some of us are just normal women with serious irritable bowel syndrome. Well, Farnamus, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, but usually in the Sanctum, we talk about the comics we're excited to read next week. Wait, so you don't want me to share my bowel movement journal? If we have time, sure. But right now, I think it's Matt's turn to tell the kids about his must-read pick for next week. Oh, thank God. My pick is Magnus, number one, written by Kyle Higgins and Chuck Windig, with art by Jorge Fornes and Alvaro Sarcasa. Saraseca. Saraseca. 32 pages for $3.99. Do humans dream of owning electric sheep? Artificial intelligences, rather than becoming our overlords, have settled into an uneasy symbiosis with humanity, which is probably what's really going to happen. They work for us as our colleagues and our servants, earning vacation time they spend in a boundless digital universe running on human-maintained server farms. But... Not all AIs are cool with the deal. Enter Magnus, a human psychologist tasked with navigating both worlds in order to bring recalcitrant AIs back into productive society. Bonus Turok story chapter three. I don't know why it's chapter three. The the other two chapters are in other books. Ah, the all new saga of the all new Turok continues. He's a man on a mission possessed. And he won't let anyone or anything get in his way. So this is Magnus Robot Fighter. Yeah, Magnus Robot Fighter, but now it's Magnus Robot psychologist. I think it's a really interesting. Sounds thing. boring. Magnus is a lady. I think it sounds really cool. I have very matrix from a different point of view. Joe Patrick. And Turok is a man on a mission that won't let anything stand in his way. Hey, I stand corrected. I am so excited for that. I've right. never heard of anything like it. <laughs> Joe Patrick. What is your pick for next week? My pick is Mighty Mouse number one from Dynamite, written by Sholly Fish with art by Igor Lima. It's 32 pages for $3.99, and here's your solicit. You're the world's greatest hero, exiled to another dimension with no way back, trapped in an alien world where not even the laws of physics works the way they should. The only person who even believes you exist is a young kid whom no one will listen to. Yet, you're the shining light that this drab, cynical world needs to restore its color and life. Oh. And you're a cartoon mouse. Whoops. Yeah. Here comes Mighty Mouse to save the day in his most unexpected adventure yet, right here in the real world. So it's Airboy starring Mighty Mouse. Kind of, yeah, right? Uh, (laughs) I guess. uh, Maybe fewer dicks. I don't know. I hope not. (laughs) For $3.99, I want dicks, damn it. Yeah, yeah. I'm paying to see Mighty Mouse's dick. Uh, yeah, I love the idea. A cartoon, uh, a character from a, a cartoon universe complete with wacky physics stuck in the real world where like the world doesn't work right. I mean, I'm curious, but I would also be just fine if they just gave us a good a Mighty straight Mouse Mighty Mouse story. Yeah. yeah. You know. um, I just uh, we talked about this in Drunk Nerds Guide a couple of months ago. Uh, I just think it sounds interesting. Yeah. I love Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's good. We'll see. So yeah, the THN trade of the week goes to instrumental, the graphic novel from Z two comics. It is written and illustrated by Dave Chisholm, 224 pages for 25 bucks. How's he supposed to make any money off? That's insane. Might as well give it away. Here's your solicit. Tom is a solid, but not great musician. Tom aches for the next level, whatever that may be. And as musicians are wont to do in magical fables, he meets a mysterious stranger with seemingly simple offer. Take a battered old trumpet for free. 
and just, you know, enjoy it. Whenever Tom plays it, the extraordinary music blows away his growing throngs of fans, and deadly mishaps start to follow. Tom may not have sold his soul for the music of the heavens, but he seems to have bargained away something much more serious. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, This was a literal coin flip between instrumental and another book from Fantagraphics coming out next week called To Have and to Hold by Graham Chaffee, which is a hard-boiled husband and wife crime drama set during the Cuban Missile Crisis. It Whoa. Amazing. And But I like both of them sounded great, and so I literally flipped a coin and picked one, and the instrumental one. There you go. So there you have it. Pick up both books. Okay. Now that you know what we're excited to read next week, why don't you nerds head to the THN forums and our Facebook page and tell us what you think we should be reading Fartimus. I'm sorry we didn't have time to get to your, your bowel movement journal. Here. I mean, really, you know. We'll bring you back next time. So, you two idiots just talk about comics on this show and not real women's issues? Oh, Fartimus, I'm sorry we are out of time. Beeps, can, can you show Fartimus to the door? Thank you. Irritable Thank you so much bowel for coming syndrome. Please, Do you please. know what it's like to oh, have really to go to the bathroom every 10 minutes? Do you know the smell? <laughs> Yes. Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Now it's time to cry havoc and let loose the dogs of the internet. Whoa. Joe! Whoa! Are you ready for some THN Cover to Cover? Always. All right. That's right. It's time for THN Cover to Cover, and here's how it works. Each week, we open the phone lines, 402-819-4894. I don't know why I had trouble with that. <laughs> you can also go to our Facebook page, click the call now button. You can go to the forums and find the phone number there or go to twoheadednerd.com. The phone number is also right there. You can talk about anything in nerd news, movies, video games, comics, anything you want. You guys are in charge of the discussion. But one keynote of the cover to cover is the question of the week. Joe Patrick, can you please reset this week's question? I can and will. This week's question came from D. Murray, who wanted to know, what are your favorite fictional future timelines? This is when we, we did years and years and years ago. Yeah, when it was just uh, on Facebook, no yeah. call-in show. Yeah. And uh, I had a good time with it then. We got a bunch of new people now. Let's dive right in. Let's do the it. phone lines are open. It's your damn show. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Who dis? Hi, this is Al. Al, how you doing, man? First time caller, huh? It's Al. Yeah, first time caller. Awesome. What do you want to rap about, brother? Uh, I wanted to, uh, I emailed you guys a few days ago, uh, kind of thanking you guys for your podcast. Oh, that and, was you. Uh, yeah, thanks, Yeah, man. that was me. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really new to comics. I, my first comic I bought was X-Men Gold number one. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to venture out. I just read uh, God Shaper one and two. Fun oh, stuff. Yeah. Fun stuff. Jonas yeah, Goonface. <laughs> yeah, it was super. It was super different uh, than anything. I'm, I was. I was not ready for it, uh, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. Al, let me ask you, what brought you back? What was it like? What clicked, and you're like, you know what? I need to read comics. Um. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm a new. I'm a new dad. I've got two kids under under three. Okay. And um, I used to read a ton of like Forgotten Realms and fantasy books. Oh, nice. And and to be honest, I just don't have. Yeah. 
two hours a day to sit down and read my books. Yeah, the little dream killers um, came along and now you can't have fun, right? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, Superman, but yeah, he's watching Superman right now. Nice. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> that, at least and, you're um, making a new generation of nerds. That's important. Yeah, you know? well, I'm doing my work, doing work. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. And, and so, uh, so yeah, so I looked at, I was like, I really want my fix, you know, and, and comics is a really easy way for me to sit down and read for five, ten minutes get a story in and then just move on about my day chasing these guys around. Right on. Yeah. Quick blast of fantasy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to go back and read older stuff. I just bought, um, Superman for tomorrow and I just finished it last night and I, I loved it. Um, Superman I know it's an older tomorrow. story. I think it's a 2005 Jim Lee is what the cover is saying. Oh, right. Uh, Brian Azzarello is okay. the writer. Yes. Yeah. Jim Lee. Yeah. Yes. Sure. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was super cool. And it's, it's hard for me to kind of like, I'm, I read new stuff and then I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to find old stuff to read because I haven't really found like sig- consistent weekly readers for me other than X-Men gold. Right on. So X-Men gold, you're digging it so far. I, I am. Yeah. Um, I, and I know it gets a lot of hate. So from what I understand, as far as like the art quality and stuff, I mean, I know they're pushing books out fast. There was a lot going on with that artist at first. Yeah, there was some weird political <laughs> crap. But yeah. there, he's off the book, I think, after issue two. He's gone. Yeah, yeah I believe, it's yeah, a different I artist now. So. And they're going to, because it comes out so fast, the artists, I believe, will rotate a little bit. Did you pick up X-Men Blue? Uh, I, I have not yet. Um, I, I didn't know exactly how all of that worked. I didn't know like there's multiple stories and stuff. So sure. I'm trying to I think you should pick it up. how comics work. I think you should pick it up. I really do. Uh, okay. So the, the fun thing about comics when they're done well, especially like these shared universe comics that Marvel and DC put out is that you should in theory, be able to pick up whichever ones you want and right. enjoy them separately, but know that they also kind of, um, they kind of interact with each other, right? They're like in a stew. And, okay. uh, and, and sometimes the stew is really good. Sometimes the stew is not so good. But um, like I like X-Men Blue a lot, but it also requires, uh, I don't know if it requires, but I don't think it does. There's a lot of backstory involved in that one. X-Men Gold was a really fresh start. That's true. Um, I'll give it that. X-Men Blue has all to do with like the time traveling X-Men. It's a whole thing. Um, okay. But X-Men, X-Men Gold, I think, is a, a fine book for a new X-Men fan. It's a very... Um, classic style X-Men stories. And Al, let me tell you, one of the most asked questions that nerds like us get is, I want to start reading comics. Where do I start? Where's a safe place to start? It's all safe. Dig in. Grab whatever. Seriously, go. If you see something that looks cool or strikes your fancy, pick it up. And you will be shocked how hard these creators work to bring new readers on with literally every issue. I mean, sometimes yeah, the bad reviews we give are like, look, I, I reviewed this and it's supposed to be the beginning of a new story. And even I don't know where it's at. That's just poor execution. But for the most mm-hmm. part, these guys are working really hard to get you personally to pick up their book and check it out. So don't be scared. Just start. Just try some stuff, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I did with God Shaper. I'd heard it on a podcast and I was really looking for a non I wanted to get away from a superhero for one and issue. Like, let me let me try something different. Sure. Uh, let me tell you, uh, we're going to talk about this. Um, when you hear this episode, it's all going to happen out of order. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we haven't recorded it yet, but I'm going to talk about a book called Saga this week. Uh, Saga, okay. Saga number 43 came out uh, on Wednesday. Uh, I know it's number 43. Doesn't sound like it would be a great place to jump in, but it is actually a really good jumping on point. Uh, and it's okay. only a quarter. There you go. So oh, it's really? it's specifically engineered <laughs> to hook new readers. So if you're looking for a good non Marvel DC super uh, non superhero book 
uh, from some really great creators. Saga is one of the best, and this week it was a quarter. There you go. Go pick it up. All man. right. Yeah, grab All right. some thanks of stuff. A lot, guys. Read it. Call us. Let us know what you're into. And thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it, hey, Al. Thanks for, thanks for doing what you guys do. Hey, Take thank it easy. you. Have a good weekend, buddy. All right, you too. Uh, so who was the other caller? First time caller. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, is it going to be weird later when we give him the shout out? <laughs> <laughs> no. I <Okay>. mean, whatever. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Through the through the magic of podcasting, they don't need to know that stuff, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so, hey. Oh, they tried to call twice. Yeah. Hello? Caller, this is THN, cover to cover, calling you because we missed your damn call. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got me. Who this? It's Bobby, uh, the nitpicker. Oh, the it's nitpicker Bobby. is back to pick some nits. <laughs> Bobby wanted to call up and spoil Wonder Woman for us. I uh, said, we didn't see it yet. Yeah, we have not seen Wonder Woman, Bobby. Do you have nits to oh, pick with it, though? Neither of you? No, not yet. Oh, my yet. God. I know. The my third s- act is a nitpick. Oh, really? Oh, boy. It's oh. A, it was a busy week. We haven't gone yet. Yeah, stupid real life got in the way. Let's wrap about Wonder Woman. What'd oh. you think? What'd you think? Hit us up, Bobby. Pick some nits. Uh, I would say, all right, let's say it's a three-part thing. Uh, the first act is good. The second act is amazing. And the third act is a comic book movie. Oh. I like comic book movies, Bobby. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler-free, well, Bobby. Spoiler-free. Uh, it had the potential to be, like, one of the best comic book movies. And then it's just, like, Thor Dark World. Really? So it's it's... It's okay. So, okay, let, let me ask you this. Did they go to too nerdy of a place? Or are they trying to force in, like, more story? God. Or I just wish I could nitpick it so hard right now. You'll uh, uh, see. I, okay. All right. How, okay. About, how about this? We'll give it a week. We're going to see it this yep. weekend. I'm seeing it tonight. Matt's seeing it tomorrow. Yes. Call back next week, okay, good, and, we'll, and we'll go full spoilers. Yeah, you marinate on this. Let's give everybody a week to see it. Uh-huh. And then we'll do. Oh my spoilers. god, I'm marinating, dude. <laughs> He's marinating. <laughs> He's really steeping in it. All right, Bobby, I want you to call us back yeah. next week, and we will do this. All right, that sounds good. All right, brother, take it easy. All right, you do. Later. He is so excited. Yeah, he just really wants us. He just really <laughs> yeah. wants to shit on that like Wonder Woman. Jumping on the at the bit. He's not the only person I've heard say this. All right, okay, so and even people that gave a good review said, "Look, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. The final act was kind of well, yes, but none. There is not one superhero movie where there's not some part of it that's like, "Eh, I wish." No, all I'm saying is that's the that is right. But like, I have seen people like coming out of that movie in just like overjoyed. Yeah, Um, and, and to be fair, like this particular movie holds a lot of. Uh, meaning beyond the typical comic book movie for a lot of people. Uh, it's the first uh, lead female superhero to get her own movie. Well, let's not forget that Mila Jovovich has made, sh- what, seven shitty Resident Evils now? <laughs> Those are not superhero <laughs> movies, Matt. She is the hero of that movie. But she is and not. She is quite super, sir. She is not one of the world's All top right? three iconic superheroes. Uh, what about Ghost in the Shell, Joe? You're just really oh, discounting off. a lot of shitty female-led movies right now, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying it's the only female-led movie. I'm saying it's the first <laughs> female comic book uh, Steel icon. Magnolias, Joe. Steel Magnolias, okay? What an honor. Oscar. Um, oh, oh crap! Anyway, enough about this. We're screaming, Jesus! I'm very excited. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Who this? It's your erstwhile caretaker of the Marvel Lake House. Oh, uh, calling from the Marvel Lake House, Doctor Jeffrey yes, Ketchumall. <laughs> How are we today? Good to talk to you, Jeff. Yeah, it's good. It's hot. Yeah. 
It's disgusting. It is hot today. What do you want to rap about, brother? Uh, well, I thought I'd start with the question of the week. Uh, okay. Favorite dystopian future. I would have to go with the, the city from Transmetropolitan. Okay. Oh, nice. That's an excellent one. It was like everybody lived in this gigantic urban sprawl that was just like built on top of each other. Sort of fifth element, but not as sexy. Right, right, right. And it was just, uh, it was all of our foibles and weird things about urban modern life just writ large. And I, it's what, I think it's what Warren Ellis does really well. I mean, he's kind of a frightening futurist in that aspect. Oh, yeah. You can, absolutely. <laughs> I would also say the city in Transmetropolitan was a major character. Yeah, it was. Major really character. Yeah, it wasn't just background. Like, he used it to tell all manner of stories. Yeah, what a gross yeah, place. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to live there, though. <laughs> no. As far as, like, favorite one, like, it's interesting. I the, do not want to live yeah, there. Even though, even though they had, you know, they had dishwashers in their apartments that built anything they wanted out of thin air. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, wow, you're living the dream. Except, also, we eat, like, seal eyeballs by the bucket. <laughs> and it's just like, I can't. No, no. All right, what yeah, else? You're, you're, your doormat can curse at you in a thick Mexican accent, you know. Sure. <laughs> Those things happen. I do. I do love Transmet, though. I re I reread it regular on the regular, so that's yeah. one of my favorite stories. Uh, so I was going to say, so report from the Lake House. Uh, I'm still making my way through Civil War Two. Um, I'm at the point now where we're right about December of last year. Okay. And uh, things are wrapping up. There's a lot of series ending. Uh, so, All New Inhumans ended, uh, A-Force ended, uh, oh, okay. All New All Different Avengers ended, um, and uh, some of them were kind of abrupt. Uh, all New Inhumans, I think that got canceled. That must have gotten canceled because it didn't feel like a logical ending. I don't think it got canceled. Uh, I think that's, they like switched gears really fast and said, here's where we're going with this and that book and we're doing this. Well, they may, um, it, it may funnel into Avengers versus X-Men too. Oh, yeah, Not event, X Men versus Inhumans, you mean? Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Inhumans versus X Men. Yeah, IVX. IVX, yeah. Right. Not, Not AVX. A, right, right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, which I haven't gotten to yet. I haven't started. I tried reading Death of X, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Two, uh, two pages in, I just uh, everyone's voice sounded way off. Yeah, like nobody sounded like themselves. Let me tell you. You know, after reading what. Death of X is a real weird ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was not what I would call a success <laughs> by any <Yeah>. means. <laughs> well, and the thing is, you know, I reading it from the lake house, I think gives me a unique perspective. A lot of the books that people are a little bit more critical of and down on like amazing Spider-Man and, and uh, daredevil, for example, I think if you read them removed from the moment and read them in chunks, they read better. Okay, I totally uh, agree I feel with that, that way about a lot of books. I totally agree with that, especially Spider-Man. People are like, we're talking shit about how they're tired of Spider-Man because it's too much like Iron Man or whatever, and it's just not their Spidey. Yeah. I still love it, but I read it like yeah. six issues at a time. I don't sit down and read it monthly <laughs> or whatever. I sit down and read those stories because they're, they're typically three to six issue stories, basically, that Dan Slott's yeah. done. And I love it. Yep totally love it. I don't understand all the hate, but I, I think the hate is just coming from the knee jerk. I read it once a month and then I read my Iron yeah. Man and this is like, eh, what the hell, you know? Now, to be yeah. fair, like, 
Iron Man is not Iron Man in Iron Man right now. So maybe you're getting your Spidey and your Iron Man fix. I'd like you to say that sentence one more time just for the record. Iron Man is not Iron Man in Iron Man right now. Okay, great. <laughs> Iron Man. So you're getting your Iron Man fix Iron in Man. Spidey too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, or you can get your, well, I mean, shoot. If you want to start stre- stretching your comparisons, you can also get your Iron Man fix in Doctor Strange because he's another arrogant overconfident goateed hero fair enough all right <laughs> marvel <laughs> likes to write a lot of characters with the exact same voice it's true it's true yeah well and that's the other thing that i found reading it on the unlimited app is i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not giving i don't care how the sausage is made anymore right reading it that way you know i regularly have to catch myself going who wrote or drew this because i didn't care when i started reading it you know, so I follow you, writers and artists in my image book and my dark horse and that stuff. But Marvel, to a certain degree, I just a book, a Marvel book is written by Marvel and drawn by Marvel. <laughs> Fair enough. So you're literally you just want your superhero fix. You don't care where it comes from. It's pretty much it. As long yeah, as it's good. And that's Maybe it's but also I can understand some of the more critical eye if I was paying four ninety nine a book for this stuff. Fair enough. But yeah, that's another good point. Yeah. I, I never really thought of it like that. But yeah, no, I can see sort of it's sort of like rooting for like I root for the Chicago Cubs. It doesn't really matter who is playing for them. I'm rooting for the team. You know what I mean? Exactly. And yeah. you love these heroes and you love this universe and you want to read it and it doesn't really matter. And Marvel has been guilty of shuffling a lot of creators, both artists and writers, on and off these titles so much that it can become a blur. And it's just, I don't know, man. Look, I'm reading Spider-Man. I don't fucking know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, I, I think it really is a matter. I think it really is a case of the reading it through the app. It's definitely kind of a streaming-type situation. It's an on-demand situation. Fair enough. Did I lose you, Jeff? Are you there? I think we lost him. Oh, no. I think we lost him. I heard a car rev up, too. I hope he's not dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear us or not, Jeff. Thank you for your call. I'm hanging up on you. He's gone. We have lost him, officially. Thank you for checking in from the Marble Lake House. Six months in the past. Jeffrey, catch them all. Experiencing Civil War Two. Oh, oh, we got a new call coming in. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Who dis? Hey, this is Ethan from Washington. It's my first time calling in to you fools. Ethan! We got all these, like, new callers. I love it. Hey, you just enticed me with this new format. I'm really digging it. Nice! I was able to listen to your fast repeat of the phone number, like, 20 times so (laughs) so I could finally write it down. Fair enough. (laughs) We'll slow down on that. I I apologize. I found it on the... I found it on the message board too. After I like, I literally repeated uh, Joe saying it like twenty times so I could catch the whole number. <laughs> Sorry. You can also just go to our Facebook page and click Call Now, and it'll do it. Oh, you guys with your technology! I know it's crazy. I think it's also posted on our website. What do you want to rap about today, Ethan? So I, I liked your idea of uh, the future timelines. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was trying to think of, I actually just looked at my whole like bookshelf to see what else would pop in. But the first thing that came to my head was uh, Low by Rick Remender. Are you guys reading that? Yes. 
Absolutely. I am not. I but I've heard really good things about simply it. Simply adore that book. And I don't understand people that are down on it. I don't get it. I think it's one of the most yeah, who's, okay. who's down on it. Oh, like Ryan Forrest, our lawyer, for example. He hit me up last week and he's like, Why do you like this book? That I, caveman. I can't even follow the it. The troglodyte. You know? And I was like, dude, it I think it's one of the most personal stories that Rick Remender has ever written. I love it. Oh, Oh yeah, I'm a huge Remender fan, and I I get where people are coming from because for some reason that one just didn't jump off the shelves like the other one. So I was following everything else Remender was doing, and lo, I just wasn't drawn to. And then I picked up the first two trades, and I was like, "What have I been doing? This book is so amazing." The what he's just talking about, like hope and despair yeah. and everything like that, because he's a very negative guy in general, pessimistic, and he talks about it and. Uh, it's his idea of like, what, what could I do if I was actually focused on hope yes, uh, absolutely. as a concept? I think it is, the, it is the polar opposite of his Fear Agent book, where Fear Agent yeah, was exactly. lunacy. It was absolute lunacy. And, this guy, and the main character was abused the entire time and then died horribly. Thanks for the Fear Agent And Lowe is jerk. like an even darker future where like the whole world is going to end basically. And you have this one person who really believes that her optimism is going to change the world. And it's amazing. It's an amazing book. Not to mention the art is incredible. Oh my God. Is it still Greg? The, the art is, is the artist. Yes. Yeah. And he's, he, yeah, it's like, it's so crazy. The way he even draws things sometimes are like, he uses a fisheye lens almost. I, yes. I don't understand his perspective sometimes, yes. but it is amazing. But yeah, basically, for anyone that's not reading, it's essentially the sun has burnt out in our solar system. And because of that, uh, humanity sent out probes into space just to see if there's a li- livable planet somewhere out right. in the universes. But they've had to live underneath the surface of the world because it's too much radiation. It's not inhabitable. So down below the ocean, they built these cities. There's crazy giant pirate ships, just crazy ships in there, under there. And then above the surface, it's all irradiated when they finally get up there to find a probe um, that might have some uh, life vessel that tells them where they could go. But anyway, on the surface, all these animals are irradiated and yeah. just like giant crazy creatures i just think it's awesome well and they we didn't even get to the surface until like issue 10 or 12 they just kept talking about it it was almost like a conspiracy and you didn't even know what was up there oh man it's such a great book i totally agree everyone should be reading low ethan thank you for calling brother we appreciate hearing from new callers you better call back next week all right oh i i'll I'll make it a regular thing oh i want to jump on to the last time you guys asked the question of the the creator too that was a few weeks ago i just want to say remender i think uh he has a really promising future as well i don't think he's stopping anytime soon i think he's doing some of the most creative stuff he's a young guy and i i love everything that guy writes seriously love him yeah he's a well thanks guys i appreciate uh being a part of this thing i really love your guys' podcast you guys give a different flavor of anything else online so i'm happy to be a patreon supporter oh you oh, kids ethan. To this. welcome aboard ethan Ooh. thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way to butter up to us with your money thank you ethan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take it easy I'll buddy buy your love there you go <laughs> thanks brother all right bye bye what a guy this is like what a guy callers this is great oh man let's check the voicemail hit our first one of the week it comes from our buddy 
Anthony from currently presiding in Brooklyn. Hey, fellas, Anthony currently presiding in Brooklyn here. I don't want to go on about the uh, question of the week because, I mean, it's Legion for me, and I've talked about the Legion ad nauseum. Uh, but oh, I want to share with you a story. Uh, so the other day I was having a conversation with my son. He's four. And he and his sister are watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. And as a result, I am also watching Avatar The Last Airbender. And we all love it. It's a cool show. And I was saying to him, I was talking to him, and I was telling him how much, wow, I would love to earthbend. And he looked at me and he said, no, you'd be toad the poop bender. Whoa. So, so, toad the poop bender. Actually, kind of sounds like a superhero I would have made up when I was a kid. That's In fact, I made up a superhero when I was a kid called the Cream Slimer. <laughs> now, the Cream Slimer Rook. had super strength and could project slime. And he was the Cream Slimer because with his super strength, first he'd cream them, then he'd slime them. Oh. And so apparently Anthony, my little kid brain was not interested in using slime as like a distraction tactic, like shooting it in their eyes or causing a bad guy to lose his footing i was apparently much more interested in humiliating my enemies anyway as far as i was concerned the cream slimer was awesome Gross. so my question to you joe and matt <laughs> when you were little kids did you ever create a superhero that was awesome and looking back maybe they were awesome or looking back maybe they weren't so did you what were their names what were their powers and bonus points if you have an origin Thank you, guys. Bye. Totally did. His name was Bart Holocaust. I shit you not. I drew pictures of him. <laughs> he had a cybernetic arm that could extend, right? Like, uh... Oh! We'll talk about this later. We got an incoming call. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Yo, it's Kettnerd. What up, Kettner? All right. Look at him. He finally gets through. Oh, my God. Look, he, we got a hold of him a couple of times Did ago. Did we? I don't even remember. It wasn't very memorable, as I recall. <laughs> what do you want to rap about, brother? Uh, well, first off, I want to quickly answer the question of the week. Okay. Um, my, uh, my favorite feature is from uh, the sci-fi novels by Ursula, Ursula K. Le Guin. I don't know if you guys have read any of those. I do not know her. Um. Uh, Right. Yeah, that's why I figured I'd keep it short. Cause <laughs> I have definitely so, heard that. I didn't name. know if you would. But, um, yeah, these Hainish, they're called the, it's called the Hainish Cycle. Oh. And they're very loosely I have heard uh, about sci-fi this. books. So there's like the Dispossessed and the Left Hand of Darkness and the Telling, and they're all really neat. It's kind of Star Trek-y, except a little bit more grim and, kind of grim and gritty Star Trek, where instead of like, um, having a lot of backup these like space explorers sometimes have to go down to a new planet and make first contact on their own so it's more like mirror um, universe star it's trek it's like it's like <laughs> a, um it's just like they're just sci-fi books that are really concerned with like sociology and the intricacies of human culture they're they're really neat was there but news of like a tv anyway. show or a movie coming from this or something like that i thought i recalled hearing something about this I don't know about that. I don't, the Ursula Le Guin stuff hasn't really like caught on with like, uh, adaptation so much. They made a version of, uh, her fantasy book, a wizard of Earthsea, but they like super whitewashed it. Oh, cool. Cause there's like, 
no white, there's like no white people in those books and the cast is like all white. Well, that's the only um, way a guy like me can pay attention to something. You know, if I can relate right. to all my white people doing white stuff, you know. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm out with you guys about Wonder Woman because I, they fucking did it. <laughs> okay. You're saying they, you're saying they nailed it. Um, we had another caller that just called a little bit ago and said, act one, great. Act two, even better. Act three, uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, that is not, that is not, oh, in they're fact, not wrong. It was your friend, Bobby. My friend, Bobby. Kettner's friend, Bobby. Oh, it was your friend, Bobby. <laughs> Called him Bobby the Nitpicker. Well, yeah, Bobby the official nitpicker. Hey, I got to say that Bobby calling in like that, that helped light a fire under my ass. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, no, I, I don't, Bobby's not wrong. Bobby's not wrong. The third act gets, gets a little sloppy. It has the CGI fight that most superhero movies have. But you know what? Like, other criticisms that I've heard about this, this movie so far are that it's, it's like Captain America and it's like Thor. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, those movies aren't awesome. <laughs> well, and let's, let's not forget that her background is very much a mixture of Captain America and Thor. She is, you know, descended from gods and fights Nazis. So, yeah, that's like, that's like saying and, and, every World War II movie is exactly the same. Well, yeah, they're about World War II, you know? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I really thought they nailed it. I thought that, um, like, that Gal Gadot, like, really owned this role. It's like, I don't know if she's a great actress, but I think she's a pretty great Wonder Woman. Fair enough. And, and I, like, it, I can get it doesn't that. seem like just like a fluke that, that people were excited about her in, in the part. Um, cause I thought she brought that, that naivete and like an innocence to the, to the role. And it actually concerned itself with telling a story and having a hero be heroic, which none of these DC movies have I fucking bothered with. Couldn't agree more so far. So I gotta, I gotta, you know, like even if the third act is sloppy, you know, it's, so it's the end of Iron Man sucks, you know, like there's, you know, there's, there's usually a boring CGI battle and the, the end of the Iron Man does suck. I'd like to get away. Fair enough. Fair what? enough. I think that's, that's all valid. And yeah, this totally. is what I'm hearing over and over again. So I'm, ex- I'm going tomorrow. Joe is going tonight. We have not seen it yet. So I am very excited. We are too. My stupid real life got in the way and Warner brothers can't be bothered to send us, you know, pre-screeners cause we're not that important. So well, you know, what do you do? That's, I don't think that's how they do Please. things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I do think that uh, it's, yeah, I think that you guys will just be astonished that it is not a, a, a flaming pile, like because it's a competently made movie, and then on top of being just like competent and knowing the basics of storytelling, that it, it delivers a little something extra. And all it takes is an and Oscar award winning uh, director, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Jimmy. It's good to hear yeah, from you, like, man. <laughs> Totally. All right, brother. Uh, and and hope I'll, I'll call in again soon. You better go over and smack Bobby for me. All right. And just give him a good slap across the face all and right. say, that's from uncle Matt. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll fly to Florida. I'll, I'll book my ticket. All right. I appreciate that. We'll talk to you soon. Jimmy. Thanks buddy. Later. So I'm glad that he, I'm glad that he wrapped up that way because I don't want it to be good. I don't want to like one woman just because it's quote unquote, not a steaming pile of crap. Yeah. 
I want to like Wonder Woman because it's not a seeming pile of crap, and also on top of it, it's legit. Right. That's that's one of the things like going into it that I was a little worried about. It's like the bar is set so low. Yeah, I don't want it to be good. I don't want it to be the best DC movie. I want it to be a great superhero movie. Yeah, just a good movie, and that's what I'm hoping for. And it sounds like that's what it is. And yes, of course, they have to do some of the big CG battle and stuff because like we've come to expect it and it's part of everything you know it's part of all these movies so well, yeah right. and they also have to force it into a larger narrative because there's more wonder woman coming in justice league and probably showing up in the batman movie and whatever and if we ever get another superman movie she'll be there too i'm sure she'll be all over the place oh yeah but yeah i it's it's just good to know that it's it's good for many reasons not just the fact that it's the best dc movie right because that's a boy, that is a low bar to cross. Yes. Also, I want to throw in that it's okay to criticize. It's still okay to criticize and look, come at this with a thoughtful eye. And, you know, not, it doesn't make you a misogynist <laughs> if you're criticizing well, it yeah, I don't know. the right way. Nobody would, nobody would say that. Yeah, that no, anyone no, no. that says that is stupid. Some people did. You know, like, oh, you're just saying it because it's a female. I'm like, no, no, I think I have a legitimate criticism here. I mean, let's all just settle down, go to the movie, and if it's good and you like it, great. And if you don't, that's okay too. You know? Totally agree. Everyone's invited. Thank you for your call, Jimmy Catnerd. Uh, as I was saying before, we were so rudely interrupted. Bart Holocaust. <laughs> he had an extending arm. He was like typical cyborg character. He sounds like Bionic Commando to me, frankly. Oh, totally. Yeah, I loved Bionic Commando. And I'm not going to lie. I totally ripped it off. I mean, and he had a partner who was like a big, strong dude that was also cybernetic. I can't remember what I named Oh, Sykes. That's what I named him. C-Y-X. Sykes? I don't know why. It just popped into my head. And I drew him. And they were all very Marvel-inspired at the time. You know, it was, I was a young X-Men fan. And I think the Reavers were really big at the time, killing, X, killing mutants and stuff like that. And I thought they were cool as hell. So I made like a good guy, Bart Holocaust. <laughs> I can't get over that name. Yeah. Bart Holocaust. He was like a government experiment that like broke loose and didn't want to be a government stooge, you know, and he was doing good stuff. And who can blame him? Yeah. Um, I had a whole universe of characters that I created because I was I mean, obsessed I did with too, the superhero. But I'm just picking one. Yeah. You know. Um, and all of them, all of them were absolutely uh ripoffs of <laughs> of characters that I loved. Um I had one called Night Lord that was Batman. Night he was Lord. Uh, like so obviously Batman that you got I, sued. I was ashamed of it. Yeah, you got sued, like, oh. as I recall. They, <laughs> right. they took you to court as a child. Um, one of my favorite characters that I created was uh, named Ultra Woman. And Isn't there an Ultra Woman out there? Not at the time. Okay. I think there is now. What's the bad Wonder Woman named? Superwoman. Superwoman. Yeah. That's right. From, From the crime syndicate. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Ultra Woman. Uh, she was... Uh, so in, in this universe I created, there were... Homages, of course, to the Avengers and also to DC characters. So there was an Ultra. I don't know if there was an Ultra Man because I knew at the time that Ultra Man was an existing DC character. Right. But I came up with this character, Ultra Woman, and she was uh, new to the scene, and she uh, uh, had all the like very typical like Supergirl type powers, right? Kryptonian type stuff, and uh, she had just joined. Uh, the, what did I name the team? The Guardians? She had just joined my version of the Avengers, which I think I called the Guardians. <laughs> wow. Look, wow. Um, Not a very creative kid. <laughs> I was a very creative kid. And uh, the big twist with Ultra Woman was that she was secretly pregnant. Uh, no. <laughs> she was, uh, 
She was secretly a construct built by their enemies, but she didn't know it. She didn't know it. And so she was... Now, where'd you rip that off from? The Vision? I don't know. Ultron and the Vision? Like, Ultron built the Vision to betray the Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, God, that was so obvious I missed it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but like, but she didn't even know she was a robot. Like everyone thought she was like a person, but okay. no, she's like this highly advanced, like nanotech robot thing. All right. Um, and, but she breaks free of her programming, of course, and, and, uh, saves the day. But yeah, ultra woman. There you go. I was so proud. I was like, yeah, everyone's gonna, everyone, me, the only people that are ever going to see these stories <laughs> that I never finish, uh, are totally going to think that she's like a super, that, that she's like a super girl, one woman type, but no. Secret twist. Oh, man. I know. Jeez. How'd that turn out for her? Is she dead? Did you kill her? Uh, you know, I never finished any of that yeah. shit. Oh, okay. All of these characters existed as stories in my head and sketches on, on copy paper my dad would bring home from work. Fair enough. Let's go to Danny. Little Danny, who's a man now. He grew up. Yeah, he's a, he a man. He a man now, baby. He's calling about his favorite dystopian future. That was not the question. Dystopian hey, Joe and Matt. was not the question. This is Danny from Iowa calling in for this week's question of the week. My favorite future has to be the one of Futurama. You have new New York that's being rebuilt after not one, but two alien invasions. And you still have like all these zany characters like Dr. Zoidberg and Leela running around mixed with humans. Everybody's still stressed and waiting for a bus or a taxi or something. And it's just really relatable. And I think it's cool to see how Fry can apply his 20th century knowledge to the future. My favorite little quirk of the show is how Richard Nixon is the president now because no body can be president for more than two terms. But he's just a little head in a jar, so he can be whatever body he wants. Well, that's all I got for you guys. This is Danny from Iowa signing off. Danny, good to hear from you, brother. We Welcome miss you. Welcome back, Danny. You gotta call us live sometime, man. Your calls are always great. Futurama is awesome. You know... Let me okay. Let me throw this out there. I'm just bad at being. I'm just bad at being a fan of good things because I've never, I've seen like a handful of Futurama. Oh episodes. God, I love Futurama. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Futurama, 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 Futurama. Yeah. Okay. Banana Rama or Banana Rama? Banana Rama. Banana Rama. Yeah. Okay. That's a uh, tough one, right? Bananas in pajamas or bananas in pajamas? Exactly. You know, like, do you drive a Ram truck or a Rom truck? You, you drive a Ram truck, Matt, because it's named after an animal. I know. I know. That was that was my next thing. Because they're named after Rom Emmanuel <laughs> or Rom Space Knight, one of the two. <laughs> I love Futurama. It's which is just a giant mishmash of all your favorite sci-fi fantasy and you know video game tropes crushed into one simpsons-esque future and it's wonderful so wonderful one of these days i'll sit down and watch all that stuff. i can't believe you haven't that's ridiculous you know what uh my parents did not let us watch the simpsons you're kidding me no and i know futurama came later but that's abuse i just that's just plain old look abuse. they didn't want me eating anybody's shorts man well, whatever dude <laughs> thank you danny Anthony calls us again, but this time it's his cover to cover answer. He was just telling us a story the first time. And we love this guy so much, we're going to give him two. Most of you, you don't get that. But Anthony's been here for a long time, so we're making an exception. Hey, fellas. Anthony currently presiding in Brooklyn here. I don't want to go on about the uh, question of the week because, I mean, it's Legion for me, and I've talked about the Oh, I already played this. That's That's a voicemail. Yeah, that's a voicemail. Oh, you told me he was the first one, and so I went and found him and played him. So there's a Google Voice below that. 
Oh, that was Anthony just calling to say hi. Go in order of the starred questions, man. I did, but one says Google Voice, one says Anthony. You said Anthony was first, so I went to Anthony. No, since go we to already, the one that says Anthony. So since we already played that, we're going to go down under. You didn't play his voicemail? No, I played the MP3 he sent us. Oh. Yeah, the one that answered the question. Stuff so you're not going to play the one? No, we'll just right. play. We'll just go down under to Jimmy Randall. Sorry, Anthony, you only get on once after all. Ah, <laughs> eat it. Just quietly, I am loving the new format, says Jimmy. Please yell the caps if you read this on the air. Pardon me. Just quietly, I am loving the new format. <laughs> and I have to say, last week's episode of THN was, for me, personally, the best one yet. Good work, lads! Nice! Jimmy, I agree. I thought last week was great. G'day, nerds. Jimmy Randall sending in another MP3. This time, sans any sound effects. Just don't have the time. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. Um, but really, really like this question. It reminds me of um, my first answer for when this was first asked all those years ago. And it's, um, it's from Superman Red Sun is where my favourite future comic timeline comes into play. Whoa. It's just they kind of just mention it in the last few pages, the last few panels. Um, spoiler warning for a 15-year-old comic. If you haven't read it, please go and do it. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, so Lex Luthor wins, saves the day, and basically shapes the world into an absolute utopia. Uh, people live for thousands of years, no cancer, no crime, no illness. But the one part that really, really, well, two parts that captured my imagination, the first one was they talk about necronauts who explore the <laughs> yeah, afterlife. Yeah, the yeah. necronauts. Like, well, that's a really cool concept, just sort of thrown away. But the best bit was how they make mention of the fact that the couple, the traditional pairing of a man and a woman, has been replaced with the triple. Um, so, yeah, threesomes for everybody in Lex Luthor's future. That's why it's my favourite. <laughs> I guess I'm going to throw in my second favourite. That's the the city from Transmetropolitan. Hey! Um, I just love how they don't mention where it is or when it is. It's really ambiguous what's how or where this city exists. But it's also really fleshed out, really well realised. It's it's not a place that I want to visit, but it's a place that I would gladly read about in you know a comic book or anything like that. So those are my answers. Sorry that there's two, but you know I just couldn't decide. So that's it. Thank you, Jimmy. Out. Yeah, you got the farts in there. <laughs> oh God. That's really bad. He's puking. That's really rough, Jim. Jimmy, I don't know if it's launched in Australia yet, but there is a Tinder for people looking for threesomes called Thrinder that you can check out. I am not making that up, by the way. They just call it Thrinder? Thrinder. It's, it's threesomes only, man. You know? Uh, Thrinder the Barbarian was my favorite ca- cartoon <laughs> growing up. Oh, the Necronauts. I forgot about that. Yeah, there was a lot going on in Superman Red Sun. Like, yeah. It was, and I'll be, okay. Let me say I'm a fool for any story where Lex Luthor comes and saves the day. I love it. When Lex Luthor is like, does something as a good guy, whether it's like with Superman or against Superman and accidentally or saves the day and Superman's like, oh, I guess he was right. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Red Sun definitely had an interesting ending. Uh, very creative. Uh, I believe there was also something. Wasn't there also something? Didn't he basically like, cause the existence of Superman or something like yeah. something he did yes affected the past and and so his he built his own greatest nemesis or something yeah no or he, no he realized something he did in the past created him I can't remember what it was specifically but yeah he definitely realized he was responsible for Superman no I don't even think he ever found out about it I think it was like on the last page it was like the last reveal Anyway, oh, that's right. They revealed, but, yeah. Anyway, that whole spread at the end where it's like, yep, and this is how Lex Luthor totally saved humanity. Yeah. 
The end. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Three cents, baby. Tell you what. Uh, somehow I forgot the part about the three cents. <laughs> <laughs> to make the world a better place. Thank you, James. Sean Wedding, better known as Sean X, called us at 7.54 in the morning and rambled for two and a half minutes. He then called back and said, please don't play this. Too fucking bad. Too fucking bad. <laughs> That's your fault, buddy. All right. Morning, nerd. Sean X. <laughs> Listening to little Scott Simon before work and turned my car off and was thinking about this possible future where I was still reading the X-Men. There was a time where I gave him a shot. I always give him a shot. I always return once. I tried blue. No, I didn't. I tried gold. I can't remember. I didn't mind Generation X, but it was by the numbers. I agree. But anyway, but there was a time where I was like, this is going to work. I'm going to try this. It's going to be good. Art Adams is doing all the covers. And in this possible future, oh, wait, that's kind of what this call is about, too. So in this possible future, <laughs> like, Kitty Pride oh, comes oh, back to oh. the X-Men. Pause it there. We'll go. Where's my hangouts? There we go. There we go. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who dis? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. Oh, all right. How are you, what's, sir? What's going on, guys? Well, you know, just kicking it, taking calls from you nerds. What do you want to rap about? Well, you know, first, I, I thought that we had like a, a safe place to talk about Colin Bunn, but I guess not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I guess, apparently not. So, so I'm, now I'm like really careful because I had this whole Colin Bunn thing. Now, I think he's great. I don't know if I said that before, but he's, he's obviously great because um, he's apparently listening. Um, no, I think but, he was just uh, trolling on Twitter that time. <laughs> I don't know. He, yeah, but he knows we're out there now. So mm -hmm. we, we were a little more anonymous before. Um, yeah, I like the new format. Um, I, I love my big thing is I, I like your reviews because, you know, I like to hear what other people hear say about things and think about things. Sure. Um, so I think I think it's cool getting that every week. Awesome. I'm glad you dig it, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so, um, yeah, so if I could, um, as the um, self-proclaimed king of the forums, because I've got like over 2,000 posts, can I talk about the forums and like kind of stuff that we have for people who don't go there yes, like at all? Yes, please, pimp the forums. So, so, so we, there's like really cool uh, threads about like the best artwork like from that week. Um, so, you know, if there's something really cool, especially with people reading digital, you just do a little screenshot and upload something really, uh, you know, easily. Um, sometimes the worst artwork that we see, because, you know, John Cassidy puts out a new bad Marvel cover and I just have to share it with everybody. Um, <laughs> He's, man, what is I, his deal lately? I, I don't know. He has gone so far downhill. It is crazy. He was one of my favorite artists. Yeah. I know he, he left planetary for a while to work with Joss Whedon and it ruined him I because guess. he did talking heads. He did talking heads for 25 issues and that was it. It just completely took all the talent out of him. I totally um, agree. It's a through line. You can see it. You can see it in the work. Um, his crew covers right now with like Luke Cage are some of like, I don't even know what's happening. Take a look at them. They are, I don't even know. I can't They're even laughably explain bad. how. They are laughably bad. They are, they are bizarre. Like yeah. Bizarre, bizarre for something that should be, you know, street level and pretty simple. Right. Like floating um, heads. But, it's almost like a 70s portrait, you know, like it's really weird. They look like bad Howard Chicken filters. It's really bizarre. <laughs> They're weird. <laughs> Um, and I also, every month I do a, a thread about the solicitations for all the stuff coming out in the preview. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, some people can comment and, and, ha you know, but I like to point out some fun stuff that's coming out so people don't miss it. Um, and every week I do what's coming out that week. So, it, it, you know, just 
we, there's a little content there. People respond and, and get to pick out things that they might think is cool that they read other people, maybe a new collection that's coming out that someone hadn't read before. So there's a lot of opportunity on top of all the TVs and movies and, and shows and um, everyone's talking about all that. So people should come to the forums and, and partake. We have a awesome. benevolent king that rules over it. His name is Brian Domingos. He will greet you gracefully. And uh, if you're a shithead, he'll order your head cut off. So there you go. <laughs> Every, everyone is, is, is cool, which is so good because yeah. some of these forums are so like awful. Like and, I have never, I think everyone's, I have never been to a message board that is so like universally polite. Yeah. Civil almost. It's like you're all Canadian. Well, I don't you know, get it. <laughs> well, it, like it's, you know, it's your guys. We're just like, it's like we're hanging out in the living room at your house. Like no one's going to take a crap on the carpet in your house, you know, like there, I mean, hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, I, I think everyone tries to be <laughs> exactly. I, I have, I have seen the videos. Sometimes <laughs> I go to YouTube. So yeah, I mean, I think everyone tries to be really respectful of, of you and each other and, you know, and then you get to actually talk about, you know, the comics we like and the, and even the stuff we don't like because, you know, rather than fighting with each other. Cause that's not, I mean, that's fun sometimes, but sure. you know, you can do that on Twitter. You don't have to do that on the forum too. Yeah. 140 characters is made to fight, right? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Well, Brian, we really appreciate uh, everything you guys do over there and we, and you uh, for sure for keeping that fire alive. You know, Matt and I are not frankly pretty bad at uh, remembering to go to the forums and, and uh, stir some shit up. But um <laughs> Like I, I go there, you know, to post the the show notes and to post the question of the week and stuff every week. And I, I'm always seeing something new, and uh, like it's, it's really good to see that you guys are still at it and still uh, building that community. So thanks for that. And Brian, don't be shocked if you find a new title for yourself on said forums. Um, I'm putting in the time. I think there should be a new title, but thank you. I appreciate oh, it. and humble too. I, like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> hey, I look. told you self-proclaimed King. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, Brian. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your work. And we will talk to you both here and on the forum soon. Sounds good. Have a good one guys. All you right, too, buddy. God damn that kid. What a nice guy. Love him. Love him. Works so hard over there too. Oh, we got another call coming in. Look at this. Now we can't get enough. Thank you for calling teach and cover to cover caller. Who dis? This is D. What up D? All right. Hey D we're using your question this week. So you better have a pretty damn good answer. My answer has to be uh fifth element. I, ah, nice. Like, yeah. Like, I'm not sure if anyone's already said it or not, but that whole future, I know it's not like the ideal future, which is what I usually like those. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not a big fan of utopias. I like utopias. But uh, it has to be the fifth element. You know why you like the fifth element future? I'll tell you exactly why. Because Mobius designed all of that. <laughs> that guy it's is gorgeous. amazing. Mobius. And you can find, I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw his, um, his, draw, like his process drawings for the backgrounds he did for the fifth element. I can't imagine him coming to the director and being like, well, this is what I'm picturing. And the director going... Uh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, but the, they're the, the director is, wasn't the director like Baz Luhrmann or no, 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 no. It was uh, what's the name? French guy, uh, uh, Jean, the guy that was married to Mila Jovovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say his name. Hold on, I'm looking. Um, I forget his name also. It escapes me. Not Baz Luhrmann. No, it's not Baz Luhrmann. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Hold it's on. like Leterrier or something. I got it coming up. I got it coming up. Luke Basson. Luke Basson, who yeah. is also behind right. this new Valerian, the new one that's coming out, right? Yeah. He's a new one, a little similar to the element, which is that's based what, on. That's a, what got me thinking about that. It's based on a graphic novel that European. I've never. Heard. Oh, it's European. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Okay, because I never. They were like from the award-winning graphic novel. We don't read comics from out of the states. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't even aware of it. But I looked at it and I was like, "Holy crap! This looks so much like the Fifth Element." Mm-hmm. And it's because it's the same director. Yeah, same director. There you go. Yeah. Do you, I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped for that movie. But I, that future, it just—it's like you said, it's gorgeous. It's it is so vivid. It's beautiful. Has so many layers to it. Well, not just that, but like the create, like the way the aliens looked and the outfits they wore and shit. It was so completely Mobius. Chris Tucker. Everything. <laughs> exactly. I was trying like not to talk about him, but yeah, he he kind of brought that movie full circle and like made that future just a little bit more animated. Come on, Daddy. <laughs> like I don't care. I love Chris Tucker. <laughs> if anyone belongs in that future, it's Chris Tucker. Period. <laughs> that's definitely right. Absolutely, he was perfectly at home there. D, thank you for your call. It is always good to talk to you, brother. You guys take it easy. All See right, you, have buddy. a good one. Uh, yeah, if you can find him, go look for Mobius. Yeah, like I've seen original him. drawings of the Fifth Element backgrounds and stuff. It, like they literally built the movie around him. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. I think Luke Besson just came and said, "Look, I want to make a sci-fi film. I don't care what it's about. Just draw me a world." And then Luke Besson farted a story into it. I'm sure that's exactly how it went. <laughs> down. It yeah. looks like it. It's amazing. All I right. don't. I don't know any. What is the the movie? It's called. It's called Valerian. Valerian. And then there's a subtitle ending. Yeah, I really don't know much about it at all. I am interested in it. I don't know anybody who's read it either, though. No. I'm going to find out what it's called so I can tweet about it and see if we can get someone to come and talk about it. Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Who do we have here? Who do we have here? Thank you yeah. for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who dis? Hey, it's the nitpicker again. Oh, Bobby. I, Bobby. Am I allowed to call twice in one day? <laughs> you just did, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, at my age, I'm not used to going twice in one day, but... This is what happens when we don't screen our calls, you know? <laughs> I made it through the gate. Oh, man. What do you want now? Good Lord. I forgot. I had an answer for the question of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us. Tell us. Yeah. Oh, sick. Um, let's go 31st century DC Universe. Legion of Superheroes. Of course. You guys are just pushing Joe's buttons now. That's all I, I mean, that's my answer, too. So, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, and I was going to say, that now I have, a, I have a pitch for the next Superman movie. Oh, boy. Pitch us. Are you ready? All right, hold on, hold on. Let us get a, put on our exact suits. You walk into the room. All right, <laughs> well, Bobby, what do you got for us? We need a hit here. Pitch. I'll say, all right, you started off Zack Snyder's directing. Uh, really shitty Superman movie. Dark, terrible. And then, what is it? Uh... Saturn Girl, oh. you know, those, those three Legion of Superheroes show up. Saturn Girl, future, Lightning Lad, and Cosmo Boy. It's like boy. a bright Marvel movie. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> and then they convince him of the error of his dark ways, and he puts on some red underpants, and then he yeah, becomes Superman. Exactly. Or they tell him and his reality is all wrong. It's all a joke. And there's exactly. these, these other people that have invaded your reality and made you think it's like this. <laughs> Yeah, the Legion need to fix it. Yeah, and they they change the they finally change history and and save uh, the time stream. And when he wakes up, he's Christopher Reeve again. Yeah, whoa, exactly. CGI. They sky captain that oh shit. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> I think we have a hit that's, that's here. My pitch. All right, Bobby. I like the pitch. I'm going to warn you since you pitched it on air. It's ours now, and we can do whatever that's the yours. hell we want with it. Sorry. <laughs> we can Enjoy. give him producer credit. That's what you get for calling twice, Bob. Huh? <laughs> I'll never do it again. All right. Take it easy, man. <laughs> bye, Bobby. All right. Okay, bye. 
Yeah, the Legion could show up and fix everything. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. They could fix it all. Oh, what a magical dream. And what like they turn and talk directly to the camera. Even you viewers have been tricked. You're like, oh, we have? <laughs> Save us, Saturn girl. Like John John Boy, Williams. Whoever the hell you John are. Williams score softly fading in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, God, I'm cr- I'm weeping already. Oh, that would be amazing. All right, all right, enough of this. Okay. Back to Shonix's call. Okay, okay, he's rambling. And she's got these other dudes with them, like Kitty, Molly Hayes. Kitty Pride is, is come back to the X-Men. All these other, you know, cool people, right? Zorn, I guess not cool people, but... Yeah. But this is Battle of the Atom, and if anybody remembers that, it was that crossover that happened a while back. Yeah? That kind of brought the X-Men back together again, and... Should have ended with the original five going back to their original time. Yes. But it didn't, and it, and it just introduced more brotherhood. So it, it was kind of lame. The ending was lame. Um, but the future was cool because it was a future where Allison Blair, Dazzler, was elected president. And then she was assassinated, which then, you know, had all these other mutants get all crazy. And, and then Mystique had two sons, one with Charles. And then one with Logan. Yeah. Uh, the girl was, gets around. I don't know. It just seemed like a really cool future. Wiccan had the Sorcerer Supreme, you know. The cloak of mantle. Love. Yeah. Oh, and it he was, was wearing cloaks, cloak, I if I recall. I really thought it was yes. cool. They returned to it. Jason Aaron returned to it later. I didn't try, try it out. I should. But I don't know. That was That was one of my favorite possible futures. The payoff was weak, but it was a cool place. All right, guys. Peace out. Okay, I can fix that future right now. You know what they needed to do? They needed to have those five time displaced X Men give their. That lives. wasn't part of the future, though. I no no no. I'm saying the way that they they copped out was having them not go back or disappear. They need to have them give their lives to like make sure that that future was going to happen or something. You know what I mean? Well, it, it wasn't a nice place. No, I'm not saying it was, but it was also like an important place where important stuff was happening. Well, I, you know what? I'm thinking about it. Maybe it wasn't such a bad future. It wasn't so bad. I mean, like the mutants were... You had a mutant president. Sure, she got, I mean, assassinated, but it showed... Oh, yeah, sure, she got assassinated. Yeah, but it showed she got elected. You yeah. know, there was also good out there. I mean... uh, Yeah, yeah. Battle of the Atom. I liked Battle of the Atom. I did, too. Um, I, I liked the, the concept of the future X-Men. Um, I was actually kind of annoyed that... There was a blue Wolverine, and of course, it was Mystique's kid. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, whatever. No, there was cool stuff there. There was definitely yeah. cool stuff there. They definitely did not stick the landing. Uh, I loved, like, the Iceman was like a wizard, was basically like an ice wizard. Yeah. And he controlled a golem made out of himself. Yeah, it was cool. That's great ideas. There was great. some great ideas there. They just didn't stick the landing. It's too bad. Seanix, thank you very much. I Uh, like that we interrupted his ramble and just came back to it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Should we play his second call real quick? Yeah, let's play his apology. Bobby got two. Let's give Sean two. Screw it. Hey, guys. Just me calling back. I didn't say to... I disregard that other message. Do not play on the IR. I ramble on for two and a half minutes. You can just say updated. You guys are... Hit you up through MySpace or something like that. All right, man. Have a great show. (laughs) <laughs> don't worry sean we won't play it yeah no definitely not yep. um somewhere during that nonsense we got two new voicemails did we yeah we sure did oh look at that uh hey nance it's mike scoggin number three. <laughs> oh, and it looks like brett merriman called in too we haven't heard from that dude in a while 
Let's see who it is. Let's see who it is. Yeah. I'll, like we say, if you can't get through live, leave us a voicemail. I just don't even remember missing that many calls. I didn't see it. But I also turn the ringer off while they're talking. Oh. So that's why you're not getting through live because I turn the ringer off so we don't interrupt anyone else. Feel free to leave a voicemail or keep calling. We will interrupt the pre-played, the pre-recorded yeah, calls yeah, yeah. because yeah. screw those guys. Yeah. Sorry, they're too lazy to wake up and actually call us. Uh, so this one that says where the transcript says, hey, Nance, it's Mike Scoggin number three. All right. Obviously Black Scorpion. <laughs> hey, Nance, it's Black Scorpion number three. Uh, I was thinking about the question of the week, and I got nothing. I mean, the, the timeline that made me happiest in the world was when uh, Barry and Iris just lived in harmony in the super future. But um, that is kind of depressing now because Barry Allen's back and everything sucks. Uh, but I had a question for you about the question of the week. Oh, while, while I was thinking about DC Comics futures, uh, I ran across Robin 3000. Uh, you yeah. guys know anything about this? Uh, I don't. Um, I don't know. All I know about were the covers. I never read these issues. Just saw them from the quarter bins. Uh, but it looks pretty wild, man. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye, nerds. Robin 3000. Yeah. Thomas Wayne in the future. Yes. Robin 3000 was a prestige format miniseries yes. uh, about Robin in the very far future. Um, I remember the covers very distinctly. I think they were, yeah, P. Craig Russell did the art. Yeah. So they were gorgeous books. Um, I never actually got around to reading them. Futuristic version of Robin is seen in Robin 3000 Elseworlds miniseries. In the 31st century, Tom Wayne is the 21st descendant of the original Batman when his father, Bruce Wayne XX, Bruce Wayne the 20th, <laughs> is killed by aliens. Tom Wayne carries on his place and combats the villainous threat of the Sculpts. Those jerks. Although this version of Robin operated in the 31st century because he's an Elseworlds character, he has, pardon me, Elseworlds character. He has no connection to any variation of Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, no, it was just future. Yeah. They just picked a future year. Yeah, P. P Craig Russell drew the hell out of these. Uh, I, I never got around to reading them, but they were very striking in their appearance. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Just Elseworlds I'm future Robin. Who wrote it? Byron Price. Byron Price, is mm -hmm. that right? Well, yeah, it was the name of the cover. Huh, I don't Who know. Who I've never heard of or read any of his things so. yeah i do remember seeing these i don't think i ever read them but yeah it's just a weird little artifact of the 90s 1992 robin 3000 yeah elseworld uh two and a half stars on goodreads.com i guess so. they're not that good apparently not <laughs> pretty to look at though i'm yeah. sure <laughs> bs the three nice to hear from you buddy i'm glad you left a message sorry you couldn't get through we got uh, one final call got one more brett merriman god we do not hear from this guy enough brett off and on. You beautiful bastard. Hey, nerds. It's the Merriman in Los Angeles. Uh, looking at this question of the week, it says, favorite fictional future timeline. Aren't they all fictional? I don't know a non-fictional Okay, timeline. fine. I'm going to yeah. say the Matrix, but that's not what I'm calling. Listen, Brett. <laughs> I want to rap about Superman. How do we fix Superman in the cinematic universe? I don't Let's know. Start I over. A screenwriter in Los Angeles being called into Warner Brothers to maybe pitch an idea of what to do with the next Man of Steel movie using your comic brains. Is there a guideline? Is there a storyline that makes the Superman you love come to life? Are there rules for this Superman? My favorite film was my favorite comic film was Superman. The movie was Christopher Reeve. He embodied everything I believe Superman should be, but 
what is today's Superman? Uh, does it set, is it set in the past? Is it set now? Uh, let me know. Bye. This is so hard. Um, this so, is so hard. If we're talking about salvaging the Man of Steel version, because it seems like the DC Cinematic Universe is here to stay, they're yeah. not really, we're not going to be rid of it anytime soon. Yeah, they made a few bucks. So, um, this Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie, by all accounts, is a very positive change yeah. in the way that, uh, in the direction that they've been going. And it's making a shit ton of money. So, you jerks just had to go see Suicide Squad, so we're going to get more of that. <laughs> so if we're saying that we're stuck with the Henry Cavill version of Superman, which I think he was fine. He's a fine actor for the character. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Henry Cavill as Superman. I have no issues with that. I don't know what they do to that character to make him not be... Pathetic? The way he is. Yeah, I mean, right? like Superman is effectively pathetic and almost powerless to everything going on around him. Uh, well, and so the character, it, the ending of Man of Steel aside, right? because every time I say that Superman doesn't kill, I get 10 tweets from Wooly Toots saying, look at all these times where Superman is killed. Yeah. Just because they've done it or doesn't make says, it right. I'm going to come kill you, Joe. And yeah. we're like, stop it, threatening our lives, Wooly Toots. It doesn't make it right. <laughs> it doesn't make it good. Superman doesn't kill. Yeah. The end. Yes. But aside from that, um, the 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 character of Superman was f- broken from the start because the Ma and Pa Kent in that movie raised him completely differently yes. than the ones that raised the Superman that I love, the, that I think Superman should be. Absolutely. They didn't raise him to be selfless and... Uh, you know, a sacrificial and to use his gifts to help humanity. Right. The first lesson that he learns in the movie is whatever you do, don't help people because you'll be exposed. Right. You have to hide. It's selfish. You have to be secret. These selfish concerns. Yes. Uh, let me get eaten by this tornado. Yeah. Let me get eaten by the- <laughs> Like you, these things did not have to be in the movie. No, those were choices. And here's the tough part. It's almost like we got the Superman we deserve, you know, because it's like (laughs) they did basically update the old Superman where they said, okay, this was how, you know, in the movie that we love, baby Superman comes to Earth, he's raised by his family, he goes to town, realizes he he is Superman and has to do this job, whatever. But the world is different. It's not the 80s anymore. We're all rosy. Things are harder now and difficult now and dark and (laughs) Superman should reflect that, you know? And I will say they absolutely nailed that they absolutely nailed the dark reflection of superman that they thought we wanted they're wrong that's not what we wanted mm-hmm. you can do you can tell that story with batman you can absolutely tell that story with batman because batman came from a horrible place his parents were murdered superman came from a wonderful nurtured place right the- and we never got that and not to mention the second most important thing not just his upbringing but his arch nemesis lex luthor that was the worst version of Lex Luthor I have ever seen. It was terrible. Right. And it was this cackling madman doing evil stuff because I guess I'm crazy. You know, like, oh, right. come on. You know? So I, I understand that they would have run the risk of... Well, let's back up. We're not, we're, he wants to know how we fix it. We, we, let's not get back into all this. How would Joe Patrick and Matt Bomb fix this? We're stuck with this Superman 
what do we do outside of the Legion showing up and going, oh, something's wrong with reality, <laughs> you know? Um, and it turns out the Watchmen did it all. We got to go fight Doc Manhattan in a right. giant blue dick. <laughs> I've got it. Light slowly starts to fade in from a black screen. Okay. And as the light fills the screen, pictures come into focus and okay. you see Batman and Wonder Woman. Okay. They can even be the same two actors. That's sure, fine. Sure, sure. Uh, furiously, like, moving around, doing stuff, like, something's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, over, over this person. Like, so it's clear that it's a point of view. Right. And eventually, the camera pulls around and reveals that Wonder Woman and Batman have just rescued Superman from the clutches of the Black Mercy. <laughs> And the last two... Okay, explain Black Mercy for those who don't know. uh, So this is obviously a different take on Black Mercy because uh, the Black Mercy is a plant that exists in the DC comic book universe uh, and also in the cartoons. Um, And when the plant, it's sort of like a parasite. When it gets its clutches on you, gets you in its clutches, um, it like dopes you up big time. When it gets you in its testicles. When it gets you in its testicles. (laughs) Sorry, tentacles. Tentacles. My bad. (laughs) Uh, It it really dopes you up. It, It feeds off of you. Uh, and it makes you hallucinate and it makes you think that you are living out like your fondest wish, like okay. your, your ideal life. Right. Okay. Uh, so like when Superman got it, uh, was, uh, wrapped in it in the eighties in its first appearance, uh, he was dreaming of life on Krypton as though it had never exploded. Right. Uh, when Mongol, uh, gets attached to it, he dreams that he's like the king of war world and he's conquering everything in sight. Right. And all of his enemies are crushed beneath his movie. Yeah, it makes like all your, all your sweetest dreams come true. Uh, in this version, obviously he has been hallucinating, okay. but not, I, it certainly can't be Superman's fondest wish that he grew up with parents that wanted him to hide his, no. that wanted him to let people die no. in order to be uh, hidden and to snap a guy's neck because there was no other choice. Okay. So maybe Lex Luthor did something to the black mercy. Put it on Superman in this other or, reality. Or we just, or we said, just say, hey, look, the Black Mercy works differently. No, check it out. He says, okay, Superman's too smart and would figure it out if there, if it was this utopian like wonderful world. So I have to make it cause oh. problems to keep him distracted. You know, mm. just like Trump's doing right now to keep us from talking about Russia. You know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he makes it just close enough yes. to reality, yes, that you would never know to keep him from thinking. Oh, you yeah. know what, man? And, and Batman's hooked up to it, and Wonder Woman's hooked up to it too. Oh, no, I don't even think you need oh. to do that. I think if Superman wakes up, yeah, yeah, yeah. then that version of Batman is immediately invalidated okay. as well. Here's what I do. Here's what I do. I use the Flash movie that's not made yet to introduce uh, a Flash of two worlds type story. Okay. Where we have stupid Flash in the stupid armor <laughs> that looks absolutely ridiculous, bumps into Wally West. Oh. Wally West from a different world who says, look, man. I don't know who you guys are, but you you're very similar to all these other super people where I'm from and our realities are smashing into each other right now. And I am here to tell you there's a serious problem and we have to pick one reality over the other. We can't save them both. What do we do? And Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman and Flash of their world are so brave that they fucking kill themselves and we never have to talk about Why do all these stories end with people killing themselves? Because I hate them and I want them to go away. (laughs) I think think with my Black Mercy idea, if Superman wakes up, 
then that fixes everybody. All right. Because all of those versions are born out of Superman's own hallucination. Okay. That's fair. Um, and it can still be Ben Affleck, Batman and Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. It's sure, just sure, that sure. Ben Affleck is not murdering people left and right. 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 And like running them over with the Batmobile. Yeah. And that's what Wally West is basically saying. Like, look, you guys, yeah. you, you're doing it wrong. You Dear Hollywood. Wrong. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> Call us, please. Yep. We'll do it for free. We got this all fixed. Thank you, Brett Merriman. Oh, man. He just got me all worked up. The Merry Man. I appreciate it. Nice call. Nice calls from everybody today. We had yeah. some new callers. We had some. I was thrilled. Who was our favorite caller? Oh, boy. Yeah. Who won? <laughs> I don't say Al because he was kissing up to us. And he already gets a shout out. All right. Hold on. Let me look at the list again real quick. We had uh, Brett Merriman. We had Black Scorpion. We had Shonix. Oh, shoot. We forgot to. We skipped over the Orca. Oh, we skipped the Orca. Jesus. We're not done yet. Let's do the Orca. Hello, boys. Orca here. My favorite dystopian future. Well, at first I was thinking it'd have to be Back to the Future 2. <laughs> really? Because Leah Thompson's enormous jubblies. Yep. <laughs> Those are some great, big, white, puffy jugs. And oh boy, that's my favorite. <laughs> I love that. And something about that they're attached to an old version of a face that added to it somehow. Oh, I, gross. I don't get it, but. The orca loves it. <laughs> but then I was thinking that answer's a little crass. So, you know what? I got to thinking about Blade Runner, and maybe it's all the sequels and the trailers dropping for that and how excited I am. But the original Blade Runner yeah. was such a classic, and I love it so much. Now, nah, hold on, hold on. Got to change my answer again. It's definitely Leah Thompson's huge jugs. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. Kiss, kiss, boys. Kiss, kiss to the jugs. Motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Leah Thompson's huge jugs. I'm glad, we remembered the, I'm glad that we remembered that the Yorker called. Because she's wearing, like, a big fake, like, boob piece that just, like, went over her chest. Like Ricardo Montalban in the yes, Rathacon. Exactly. And like there's, I can't remember if it was in the extras on the actual DVD where she was just like walking around <laughs> with them out. Cause there's like, there was no color or nipples on them. Or anything. It, it, was it, was just, just it was just cleavage. Whatever, yeah. And she was like, whoa, is it hot in here? Is it just me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner. Uh, never seen it. You've Jesus uh, what's more. Uh, here's, you got to be kidding me. Here's how did you miss Blade Runner? Here's a shocker for you. Oh my god. Um I actually have your copy of Blade Runner on DVD. Oh my god. The one in the suitcase. No, 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 not a fancy okay. one. Okay. Um I have your copy of Blade Runner on DVD and I have had it in my possession uh since 2008. What is wrong with you? Seriously. I have had your copy of Blade Runner for almost 10 years oh and I have never watched it. God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's one of my favorite movies, first of all. Um, I think I started it once and fell asleep. Just because it was late, not because I was bored. I was looking up to see... Oh, Sid Mead and Douglas Trumbull were the art directors. And man, that's another one where like the backgrounds, the city itself, it's like LA in the future. There's a really good book you can pick up. Uh, oh, God. No, never mind. It's $279. <laughs> Oh, but you can flip through it for free on issue.com. And it's amazing. It's got all like all the sketches of the city, the cars, the guns, everything. It is and just incredible to look at. 
I love. There's an opening scene where Decker is like flying in his car to future LA and it just pans out and the Vangelis soundtrack comes up. Uh, and there's like flame coming out of the top of buildings and there's like blimps with like an Asian woman on it advertising something. I don't know. But like it's like Asian culture has fully taken over LA. I mean, it looks like Hong Kong and it's just amazing. And it looks like there's rad food everywhere too. Like everybody's eating noodles. I love seal eyeballs. <laughs> I don't care. It looks delicious. By the bucket. Excellent answer. All right. Well, turn off the ringer. It's off. Favorite call. Um, I'm going with D. What did he say again? Fifth element. Oh yeah. That, I love the fifth element. That fifth element future is created by Mobius. I can't say enough about it. It's stunning. Absolutely uh, stunning. I'm going to say Anthony. Okay. Not because of his answer, but because of him getting us to talk about our own uh, homemade superheroes. Uh, <laughs> our cheese ball homemade yeah. superheroes. Um, though I, I did really like the, the couple people that said the city from Transmit. So Jimmy, I think, was one of them. Yeah. And um, who was the other one? Somebody else brought up the city, too. Oh, it was, uh, who was it? It had two answers. Uh, one of the last ones. Was it Jimmy Randall? Said, I'm sorry, but I've got two answers. Well, no, Jimmy said the city. I think Jimmy may have been the first one to say the city. Oh, it may have been one of the live callers. Yeah, it was a live caller. I can't remember who it was now. Sorry. I only remember what's written down. I am so wasted. I can't remember. <laughs> um, hey, you know who you are. If you said the city, I really appreciate it because I love Transmetropolitan. Yes. Um, so your answer is Legion. Actually, no. Okay. Uh, and you know, everyone who called in, uh, most of the people that called in said, I have my answer for favorite dystopian future, but that was not the question. Well, no, but I think like the favorite future nobody timeline. wants to read about utopian future. <laughs> yes, but you can have a future that's not utopian. That's also still not dystopian. I suppose. Like sometimes the future is just the future. Right. Uh, like the Legion of Superheroes is not a utopia. No. Earth is at war all the right. time. Star Wars yeah. is not a utopia. I mean, yeah. um, but um, I love the Legion of Superheroes. I love them. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite comic book future for sure. Uh, but my favorite fictional future is, of course, Star Trek. Yeah, mine too. I, I Absolutely, without a doubt. And I'm stunned that it. nobody said it. I want to live in that future. Yeah, you remember those without memes? Without a doubt. Remember those memes that were going around, like, this is the future the liberals want, and there'd yeah. be different like weird things? Yeah, Star Trek. That's yeah. the future the liberals want. Oh, sounds great. Oh, wait, we all get along? We don't have to worry about money? Oh, that sounds awesome. That's the future everyone should want. Yeah, we all strive for science. We've figured out how to save the fucking Earth. Sounds terrible. Cured, you know, like, uh, cured every disease and yeah. Can heal instantly. I can walk up to my replicator and make kick-ass ramen noodles right friggin' now. You know, like fuck yeah. But <laughs> sounds like a real drag. Yeah. Oh, and 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 for those of you that still want to be all like, uh, no profits and uh, screw that libtard nonsense. Fine, hop in a starship and go join the Ferengi or yeah, whatever yeah. you want to do. Those dickhead Romulans. You can be a space pirate. You yeah, can do whatever you whatever. want. There's still assholes all over the place. You don't have to be a part of the Federation, but yeah, please, 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 please let Starfleet save the goddamn planet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yes, Star Trek is my favorite fictional Mine future. Too. Hands down, without a doubt. And that's the thing about utopias. Uh, utopias are, uh, Star Trek also not a utopia. No. Just because Earth has solved most of its problems. No, there's all kinds of problems out in the galaxy they got to take care of. And uh, the thing about utopias is that utopias are always built on the backs of somebody. Right. And so it's only a utopia for the for the haves and not the have-nots. Yeah. Uh, so even utopias are are compelling stories. Totally. 
Um, this is a great question. Yeah. Thank you, D. Good job, D. Great. Thanks to everybody that called in today. That was so great. I love that we're doing this and it's catching on and everyone's excited about it. Just in time for us to take a week off next week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've built up some momentum. Let's slam on the brakes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I had, I celebrated, my wife and I celebrated our five-year wedding anniversary uh, a week or so ago. Um, we're going out of town for a little vacation. We're taking a one-week break from Two-Headed Nerd. We're still going to post the question of the week. That's, I already have so one got, ready to go. You've got time to prep for it. We are going to take a little break. Uh, in cover. fact, you would have heard it already by the time we get to this point in the episode. That's true. But this week, before you go, we're going to do a little Drunk Nerds Guide to Previews. So you'll have that to listen to if you're a Patreon mm, supporter. Uh, we'll try. We'll get it up. That'd be great. We'll and uh, if you ever get me that graphic novel, The Revenger, we need to review that. I haven't finished it. Yeah. Finish that and let's do it. Excelsior! Oh. That is it for THN number 10. If you're heavy into comics that feature ladies with intestinal fortitude, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you choose to collect your favorite podcasts. We're all over the damn place. THN is a listener-supported podcast, and without the support of peeps like our newest donor, Sean Wedding, a.k.a. Seanix. That guy doesn't have any money. I what know. is he doing throwing cash at us? We do not have a show without you guys. We want to send a giant shambling amount of a thanks to everyone that supports us on PayPal and on Patreon. Without you, we would never have been able to build a new ziggurat AI to defeat our old evil AI, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, and there's no way the new one could go along. I'm sure it's fine. Nah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Before we go, our weekly shout out goes to Al a brand new comics fan and brand new listener. He even called us this week for cover cover. You believe this guy? Al had never bought a comic before X-Men Gold number one came out. Then everyone starts somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the poor bastard found us. So it's just a matter of time before we wear him down to a cranky shell with his former self and force him into a sex kennel like we've done to the rest of you bastards. Word to you, Al. Thanks for reaching out to us this week. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might unleash their irritable bowels on you. Ugh. And that stuff never comes out. Ugh. This. The kind of dirt you can't wash it off. Yeah. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.